0: Just like guys, look out.
1: Here comes the Spider-Man. Welcome back to another episode of Amazing Spider-Man, Spider-Man Classics in association with SpidermanCrawlspace.com. Hey, 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 this is episode 14 of the show, and my name is John Wilson. With me are Josh Bertoni, Donovan Grant, and Stephen Lacy. Hello! So, new status of the podcast, Brad Douglas has given us so much support. Over the months that we've been getting on our feet, that uh, he has allowed us to link ourselves nominally with his website. So, thank you, Mr. Douglas, for that. We are now in association with Spider-Man Crawl Space.
0: You you, you can't fight the lightning. I mean, me and Donovan are both, like, big contributors to the front page anyway, so...
1: (laughs) And to follow that up with another big announcement. Since um, this happened, it's been a while, but we haven't had a chance to record. But around the 1st of July, we did pass for our first episode, 1,000 downloads. And we have since passed that number for a few of the others as well. So we just want to thank all of our listeners that are out there for downloading the show, for enjoying it. We welcome you all to the fandom, invite you to write in emails, send in your comments about the show. Uh, Also, in case you are a new listener and are aware, on the uh, Libsyn page for this podcast, there is also a blog doing a similar treatment with the X-Men. So uh, I've been catching up during the time the show's been on hiatus, and so there are several new posts up for the first half dozen issues of The X-Men at AmazingSpiderMan.Libson.com. We have two issues to cover today, rounding out the Spider Man Quits trilogy from Amazing Spider Man 17, 18, and 19. The first up today is issue number 18, which was released on August 11th, mm-hmm. 1964, with a cover date of November. And our wonderful guest for this month is going to take us through it with his lovely British accent. So while you ladies prepare to swoon as Stephen Lacey <laughs> takes the stage.
0: Hello. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Governor.
1: Hey, Governor.
2: Comic Why stuff happens. Sandman, brilliant. Done. Next. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you want more detail? Oh, okay. There we are. So, the Amazing Spider-Man number eighteen, November nineteen sixty-four. Only Mighty Marvel would dare attempt such a tale. The end of Spider-Man. The story you never expected to read. The story you never expected them to revisit. Only thirty issues later. One of those was. <laughs> the cover. Written by Stan Lee, author of The Fantastic Four. Illustrated by Steve Ditko, illustrator of Doctor Strange. Lettered by Sam Rosen, letterer of
0: Patsy Walker.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love how, like, even the captioning, like, they have it as if they're saying, Patsy Walker? Like, <laughs> yes,
2: like... A couple of years from now, they'd be doing, they'd replace Patsy Walker with Millie the Model. Uh, yeah. Yeah, they <laughs> that would be their derisive comment for you know, those little
3: people. And oddly enough, Patsy
0: it. Walker became a superhero. And and what, I was like, what was Patsy
3: Walker doing at this time? Like, like, What was her role in the comic book? It
0: was, it was like an Archie character. Yeah. Except the, the, in the Marvel. The Millie would, books
1: and uh, Patsy and Hetty, they were just Archie-style Archie teen romance stories. That
0: would be it like Pat- if Jughead became a serious superhero and joined the Avengers.
2: <laughs> I mean, Jughead... I'm sorry, what's a Jughead? From the Archie comics? What's an Archie comic? No, seriously? Not in the UK, my friend. Uh. And having read a couple of Archie comics, I can see why not in the UK.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I've never actually picked one up and read it. I just know they exist. Sit for a spell and let us tell you.
0: For those of you who are overseas, an Archie comic is. Imagine (laughs) a 1950s sitcom in the form of a comic book about a bunch of teenagers in high school... Now imagine if it was like that continuously in a loop for about 60 years of publication. That's an Archie comic. That after- an
2: issue where somebody just breaks down in tears at you and go, I just want to hit puberty. Please, let us go to the 60s. Drugs and Beatles and everything. Just get me out of the 50s.
0: Well, oddly enough, like, the stories do feature things like cell phones and everything, but basically the characters are kind of stuck in the same status quo, like, perpetually.
1: The background updates, but the characters stay the same.
0: Yeah, they're they're always in high school. Archie's never going to pick if he's going to go steady with Betty or Veronica. Jughead always likes to—it's basically like if a sitcom from the 50s ran for, you know, 20 seasons.
1: And Marvel had this. I think it was more romance-steered than comedy-steered. But, you know, they had characters like Millie the Model and Patsy and Hetty and Chili. And one of those girls, Patsy Walker, would eventually join the Avengers as Hellcat. <laughs>
3: Yeah, I, was, I, was, I had no idea she was like a, like a comedy character. She's like Patsy Walker. Oh yeah, Hellcat. What was she doing around here? She was like an Archie. I'm like, I'm like, are you
2: serious?
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> and then uh, wasn't it Patsy Walker who got cancer in that female Marvel book from about a year ago? Was it Hair O's? Sure. Oh, uh, Marvel Divas. I didn't Divas. read that, so I don't know. Her, oh, Marvel uh, Divas. That was the one. Yeah. Did I Patsy read Walker it. I don't. I don't
0: remember who got cancer.
2: I. I, I Think it was her. It uh, could have been anybody. <laughs> talking about the Marvel romance, comic, romance comics, just to do a diversion, I know that doesn't happen on this podcast. Does anyone read the um, fifth week event they did maybe four years ago, which is the I Love Marvel ones, where it was the romance comics but rewritten with new dialogue over images?
3: I actually saw that in, in a back issue bin in my LCS uh, maybe last year. I actually didn't, I wasn't aware of it when it came out and I, and I read it. it. It's messed up.
2: It, it's pretty, th- I. I actually bought one of them, and I can't remember why, and I couldn't find it in my long box when I was preparing (laughs) for this, but um, it was, uh, I think it was a Jack Kirby drawn thing, or it was one of the classic Marvel people, and at at no point at all, do you actually see anyone's legs? So they run through this whole thing, coming to the fact that you can't see the legs, and the last page, there's someone going, by the way, we're all mermaids, that's why you couldn't see our legs!
1: (laughs) Just to uh, clear the history, it was Firestar that was revealed to have breast cancer in Marvel Divas. Oh, man! I like Firestar. I like Firestar Firestar
2: is in Justice and Firestar,
1: as in Spider Man's Amazing Friends. Firestar. Angel
2: Angelica something.
1: She she was created for the cartoon. Ange- Ange- the-
0: Angelica Jones.
3: Right. As opposed to Pickles.
0: The black cat was in there, and like she has that comment, and like, "Oh, I used to date a photographer who told me anything for a news story," and that that line actually created like a big uproar in fandom because at this point in continuity, Felicia's not supposed to know who Peter Parker is, even though you know she lived with him for a while. Right.
1: So speaking of Spider-Man, this oh, opening splash page. Can you top that picture of J Jonah Jameson? They go charge I... for the rest of the
2: issue. <laughs> oh God, this image of J Jonah Jameson grinning. I can only the only phrase I can think of when I look at this is a stuff eating grin. <laughs> <laughs> that's very that's very apropos. I did, like, John. You got to put this up on like like the
3: images
0: on the lips- yeah, yeah. yeah on, on, on the page. But I, there's also I, I, something. I really want to enlist in the army right now.
3: <laughs> yeah. I, I want you that, to run after Spider-Man. i what a coward he is. Wah!
2: I've got a note here that there's something which throws me about this. And I I think he looks a bit like a cross between obviously Uncle Sam, but also Fu Manchu.
1: The sort of <laughs> the two combined together. It just... Ugh. This looks really creepy. But I do have to say that, I mean, I have, Steve Ditko's Jameson has always been my favorite Jameson. I mean, Ramita's was okay. There have been some decent other ones, but... Steve Ditko's treatment of the character has always been my favorite. I,
3: I'm, not, I'm not going to disagree with you, really. I'm, I'm like, um, I, 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 like, I like the
2: Romita Singer James a lot, but uh, this, is, this is really funny. So, I, I suppose I should do some sort of recap. You could <laughs> do. At least ten minutes since I did the credits. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, we have Spider-Man's enemies gloating over the public humiliation of the cowardly Spider-Man. The Fantastic Four, the Yellow Daredevil, and the original Avengers are disappointed in Spidey's actions, with the Wasp being particularly bitchy. Wasps and spiders are natural enemies, so I can't honestly say I'm sorry for him. What a
1: tool.
2: Yeah, exactly. What a bitch. She needs, <laughs>
1: like, a slap or something. I just I want to tell her to shut the hell up. I mean, I do have to say I'm kind of glad to have read the Tales to Astonish book now, because when all you have is the Spider-Man books, this comment is even more completely out of nowhere. But, you know, she, she needs to figure out that she's not really a wasp and move on with life so that she can get slapped later.
3: Being, being <laughs> a dick of John is she
0: <laughs> John, that was great. <laughs> she needs to figure out she's not really a loss so she can move on in life and then get slapped later. <laughs> Everything me. about that sentence was win.
1: <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs>
0: well, I, I, uh, Daredevil, he's like, My instincts told me that Spider Man was a valiant fighter. How can my sharp senses have been wrong? Okay, your senses don't sense like somebody's inner character.
1: My, my response is it's face the it, there are some things even a blind man can't see.
0: <laughs> oh, there! Okay. I'm, I'm 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 glad that they didn't go that route with Stan going. How could I have been so blind?
1: <laughs> he probably did think that, and it was like I have to word this differently. <laughs> I love I love the the, the top page of uh Doctor.
3: Every everybody like even the villains and everybody's like kind of. But Doctor Octopus is like pictures off center, like the really crooked Doctor Octopus, like the. Why is he the only one
1: in jail? Shouldn't Craven and the Vulture be in jail? They just got taken out a couple issues ago in the annual, right? Uh,
0: I really hate to. Okay. I know where you're going with this. You know where I'm going with this? I do, I do. I have an idea. The Vulture scene was actually expanded upon. There's an issue of Untold Tales of Spider-Man where, okay. like, you see, like, you see what happened before and after the scene, kind of like one moment in time style. Like, you see the vulture; he's on the rooftop, and it's Kurt Busiek dialogue. Then he sees the article in the newspaper, and it cuts to this panel, and then does the rest of the scene. And I remember like reading that Untold Tales issue, and the dialogue was really out of place because it was like it showed the difference between like '90s comic book style and like '60s comic book style. Because the Vulture is all of a sudden referring to himself in the third person out of nowhere and everything. Anyway, it was this whole story about the Vulture. And, like, he ran into a high school classmate of Peter Parker's who felt guilty over, like, killing Sally from Amazing Fantasy Issue 15. Jason Ayana. Yeah, it, it, it's it's a long story. But it, it's very convoluted. But he basically says, don't blame yourself. Blame Spider-Man. When you have someone else to blame, everything's better in life. <laughs> well, I do have to say that you better enjoy uh, the-,
2: the moral from Family Guy um, or The Simpsons, where you know, some little friendly cartoon character comes and goes. Don't worry, kids. Just drink alcohol, and everything will be nice and happy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I do have to say that um, this is the last time you're going to see the Vulture for like 30 issues, so enjoy it while you can. Oh. I shall. But um, the end of the annual, we didn't really call attention to this when we were talking about it in a uh, couple episodes back. But that last panel with the villains. They're all just sitting in a regular jail cell in their costumes with their equipment. The Sandman is there. The Vulture has his wings. So I'm thinking they just busted out ten minutes later, and Doctor Octopus was the only one who was there, who stayed in because well, he didn't.
3: What, have was it Spider-Man like outside the window checking up on them? Like, oh, if you bust out, I'm gonna beat you again.
1: I don't think so. I think they were all just bemoaning the fact that they lost because they didn't follow the Vulture's idea to actually gangbang Spider-Man. They took him one at a time.
3: Oh my. Uh actually yeah no no no, uh, no 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 I'm 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 because I essentially I'm looking right there now. Doc Ock doesn't have his tentacles. Vulture does not have his wings, Mysterio has his Mysterio and Electro have his has his massive, but he still have the, or Electro still has his powers. Uh Sandman's sitting there like like Indian style and Spider Man's outside the window like, "Who you better not try anything, boys.
1: Okay, well then Forget what I said, and listen to this, Johnny uh, Storm, in his picture there. I can't tell if he's ashamed of his man crush on Spider-Man, or if Ben peed in his Cheerios. In any case, he looks really, really sad right there.
0: Judging by Lee Dicko, Lee Deco, Lee Kirby, FF, it could be either one.
3: <laughs> Boy, you're looking so gloomy about Hothead. I thought that webhead was number one on the hate parade. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, so moving along. J. Jonah Jameson is also on television lauding it over New York in general and Spider-Man specifically. But Peter is at home with his now wheelchair-bound aunt. Anna Watson
1: comes around to help out, allowing Peter to go to school.
0: Anna Watkins? Um, yeah, what?
1: they mis- they misspelled her name. Steve, uh, Stanley was on a roll this uh, Oh yes. <laughs> couple of months. Well, at least it's just not Anna <laughs> Brad.
0: <laughs> yeah. Anna Brad. <Brent>. Um, <laughs> well...
1: Even I'll, more I'll, 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 get, I'll
0: get into that when we do our notes for the issue, but believe it or not, Untold Tales was able to tie Anna Watkins and Anna Watson together. Oh Lord oh, man. <laughs> uh, They actually made I it hope, make sense too.
2: I hope everyone's noted at this point. You have Aunt May and Anna Watkinsons and um in a scene and they aren't trying to pimp out Mary Jane. Really? Yeah. You know, so May must be, right. be.
3: She, when, when she tries to even muster the strength of Mary Jane, her heart starts aching again,
2: so...
3: Yeah, I, better, I, better, I better lay off the team Mary Jane, up for a while, it's bad for, the, bad for the bones.
2: Peter goes to school, but he can't concentrate on his studies, and as soon as the day is over, he runs straight home. And again, no pimpage for MJ. Mm. That night, Peter worries about the fact that they're running out of medicine, and he cannot afford any more. All this caring is preventing Peter from becoming Spider-Man, which is more fuel for Jameson's fire.
1: I guess I, it, it's... Probably important just to put this into context. Um, neither Peter nor May is employed at this point, and President Johnson wouldn't sign the Medicare and Medicaid legislation into effect until the next year. So there is no health insurance for all the stuff that they're going through. I uh, wish they so, had some
3: history during, around this issue. <laughs> Actually, this this really makes sense during the times, whereas you know we we can't explain away. Mr. Brandt from for Liz Allen, but we can't no, explain
1: this. <laughs> we can't explain why he's worried about you know paying for all the medical bills. There is no such thing as medical
0: insurance for unemployed people at this point in history.
3: Oh, yeah, that was great.
0: I do like well, how. So this but man, look at that wheelchair of hers. It looks like a bicycle that like they like they couldn't Weed! afford a wheelchair. So like okay, look at that panel where Peter walks in the door on the bottom. It looks like they took a bicycle wheel and, took, and put a rocking chair on top of it. <laughs>
1: Wheelchairs have gone through a lot of different design differences over the years, but yeah, it looks kind of funny. I'm imagining that like just a stabilizer.
3: <laughs> I'm imagining in the in the, like, the hover like hover chair that Xavier has had at one point for no reason at all.
1: <laughs> I, I like how the, at the school the people making fun of Pete are just like you know random students making fun of Peter rather than the usual flash crowd. Just like you know people make fun of him. And I'm I would guess it. that the girl there was Sally Avril, but we haven't seen Sally since issue five. She's and dead. Is she dead by this point? <laughs> yes, yeah, <she's> she is.
0: <laughs> I love that. <laughs> oh, what? <wow>. Okay, no <laughs> way. Right. Uh, I'm not joking. I'm not joking. She's dead. No, no,
1: no. Well, is I knew she, that her she, last her last is? appearance in she's, Untold she's Tales. Dead.
0: In fact, that's what Vulture was doing at the beginning of the issue when he's on the rooftop. He was telling Jason, "Don't blame yourself for Sally's death. Blame Spider-Man." <laughs> I
3: just love that drink. That's a serious answer. She's dead.
1: Because <laughs> I had written down here, by the way, Josh, do you remember how she was written out of that series, or did she just disappear?
0: Okay. No, she, 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 she's dead. She, she's <laughs> really dead.
1: <laughs> Okay, I'm going to actually bring up the issue number that she died in.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it was issue uh, 12 or 13. I think it was issue 13. It was issue she's 12, Bluebird, was, right? She was it's Bluebird. Horrible. Where Spider Man is like
3: in front of the grave on the cover of, like, kind of sobbing.
0: Well, it's funny because a lot of people actually thought that Betty was gonna die because, like, the last page of the issue is like this guy looking menacingly at Betty, like, "Oh, I'll get you, Betty Brands Next issue, and then Spider Man's at someone's grave crying. <laughs> just, so just, she
1: um, <laughs> she dies in issue twelve, and then she's seen in a flashback in issue thirteen. And no, issue... she dies.
0: No, she dies in issue thirteen via flashback.
1: Oh, okay. And that and roughly lines up with the Green Goblin Mysterio issues, thirteen and fourteen are, are roughly when those take place. So,
0: uh, Untold Tales had a, had a had a timeline bible published somewhere. I'll have to look at, but like they actually like instead of making you guess what issues they took place, and they would tell you like when they were. Okay. So if you look hard enough and like trade paperbacks or something, it'll tell you when um like I was what it I was just do. looking
1: in the uh, in the index to see. Uh, because it has yes. <laughs> I,
0: I love that. You're like, you're like. So where's Sally at this? Oh, she's dead. <laughs> 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 Just like so. Okay. Oh, she's dead. <laughs> oh
2: god. The, the only problem with all this sort of diverting Dantes, I've never, uh, I've never read them. Uh, never got my hands on them. So I haven't uh, either. Especially having heard you guys go off it, uh, on your tangents in previous episodes, it really sounds like a series that is. Worth the time. I just need to work out how the hell to get hold of them.
0: I'll call Marvel's editorial department and ask them to reprint them in Essential formats
1: They asked them. Awesome. <laughs> they should do an Essential Marvel to, uh,
0: essential Marvel, Untold Tales.
1: Oh, it kicks them butt.
2: And then what they'll do is they'll do a $60 hardcover, which will cost even more by the time it makes it to the UK. <laughs> anyway, uh, Pete goes totally back weird. to school the next day because, you know, uh, that's what he should do. And Flash is the only person who still supports Spider-Man. He's doing it quite violently and angrily to everyone, being a bit of a jerk about it, really. Um, Liz is more in- uh, uh, Liz Allen's more interested in how Aunt May's doing, a little bit of gentle flirting, and a ridiculous collar on her jumper, uh, which I think is enough to put Peter off. <laughs> um, Peter's sitting at his desk and he goes uh, Liz really isn't a bad kid although I prefer Betty Brandt, but I can't think about girls now. No you can't Peter absolutely not. I I'm can't not decide
0: between Edward or Jacob oh.
2: <laughs> just go to bed with your rampant rabbit darling and you can save us all a lot of trouble but Peter's yeah, not anyway. one of those <laughs>
1: No. Um, well he might do but wrong
2: Thorpe <laughs> and Spider Well, with his uh, spider dexterity and uh, ability to flex, he probably... Anyway, Um, so after school, he makes his way to the Ace Picture Company, hoping they will make trading cards with him on him. But that ship has sailed thanks to Jonah, and he's turned down, despite an impressive display of acrobatics in their very, very tall office. I think it's really Um, cute that Spidey wants trading cards of himself. Yeah. So
1: Dwayne had to wait 25 years to get
2: them, but still. Heading home, he spies a gang of crooks on the roof, but the thought of his aunt at home stops him from doing anything about them. But then at the last minute, he remembers that the last time he ignored the crooks, some pretty stuff. things happened. So he calls the police <laughs> and carries on his way back home.
0: This is like the third time this issue that he's come home, the a Watson and Aunt May. Well, that,
2: there was no reason at all for him to, to have two separate scenes of him going to school. They could have easily combined those into one right. and freed up enough space for a bit of MJ pimpage. Back home, uh, May settles down for the evening and Peter rings Betty to try and patch things up after the Spider-Man fan club debacle. Debacle? 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 Debacle, I don't know how to pronounce that word. But, uh, unfortunately, uh, for some reason, she's still at work late at night. Not quite sure why. Uh, But she hangs up as soon as uh, she realises who he's speaking to. Jonah overhears the conversation and finds out that May is ill.
0: How does Betty know
2: this? uh, There's no explanation for that.
0: By the way, is... in the untold tales that takes place between seventeen and eighteen, what does Betty do? She visits Aunt May in the hospital yet again.
3: <laughs> but, but is she? Is that she, is, she, is she mad at uh, Peter?
0: Yeah, because like she does, she didn't think that Peter was going to be there. Like she's like, "Oh, Peter, I didn't expect to see you here." Well, I'm mad at you for going to the Spider-Man fan club meeting, and she like storms off. I just was want to leave that... these flowers for your aunt. You know, the one that's trying to get you to cheat on me.
2: Without the untold tales, though. Uh, she's very good at divining what's happening because all Peter says is, hi Betty, this is Pete wait, don't hang up, Betty! and yeah, but, that but, conveys but, all the information about his aunt
0: yeah, but even then though, like even in Untold Tales how did she know to go to the hospital? like who told her that I made, did like unless it was Mr. Allen slash Mr. Brand who picked up the phone, <laughs> so maybe her dad could have told her yeah uh, it was on the news dad. it was a slow anyway, news day you know, aside from the whole Spider-Man being a coward thing, nothing else <laughs> happened
1: Aunt May's in the (laughs) hospital again, and it's Tuesday.
0: Jonah's overheard all of this and finds out
2: about what's happened to Aunt May, and he decides to do something. Never let it be said that big-hearted J. Jonah Jameson doesn't look after the people who work for him. Let's do something generous for him. Send her a get-well card, but don't seal the envelope. You can send it for a penny cheaper that way. (laughs) Jonah's good mood sends Betty into tears which I think says it all, and on <laughs> the rest of the Bugle's employees.
3: That's a disgusting picture of Jerry Jones and Jameson at page 7. That, honestly, <laughs> yeah. like, like, for the last 10 minutes we've been on this page, I've been creeped out by it.
1: He reminds me of okay. a tiger who's just made a kill.
2: It's panel 6. He just... You can
3: tell
1: that, his
2: face isn't used to going in that shape.
0: That secretary's <laughs> covering her ears. As it like, no, cover your eyes, not your ears? <laughs> that secretary in the bottom panel, she's like, no, yeah. oh, not listening but he's not talking.
2: Not listening, not listening. Later on, Peter calls Betty at home, but she ignores the phone. And I would read... By covering her but...
0: ears. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> um, I, I don't want to read what she's saying because I can't do a Betty Brant voice in the same way that uh, certain other people on this podcast can.
0: It must be, Pete, I know it. But I don't dare trust myself to speak to him. I might <laughs> Just... listen to my heart and make up with him as I'm longing to. But I mustn't. I simply couldn't bear to be hurt again.
2: (laughs) So Peter's sitting at home all miserable because he can't get through to the woman that he is in love with this week. Um, And to deal with that, he has a flashback to The Amazing
1: Spider-Man Annual Number One, which is good for those that didn't buy it. Okay, okay. So this flashback right here confused the living crap out of me as a small child. Because I didn't get at first that I was missing a Spider-Man book. I thought my 20-issue collection had all of them, and I specifically remember going through the mental process of comparing these images with other images in the book's previous stories and determining that I was actually, in fact, missing a book, which is why I was so glad to finally read the Sinister Six annual for the first time a couple of years back. And I know that sounds kind of idiotic, but I, I, I I was little that's
3: that's what, that's what uh, little kid comic fans do. like when, when, when you they officially run to, to something they're they're never going to get, like me and Maximum Clonage Omega, they'll, they'll try to like make sense out of it as best as they possibly can and just roll with it.
2: So John, when you were comparing panel by panel, like that first panel with Sam in where it says, "See Spider-Man Annual number one."
1: But what's a Spider-Man for? I had no one to ask. I didn't have a comic book shop. I didn't have comic book fans. Oh, I didn't I see. know what Sea spider man Annual Number 1 even met because I didn't know what such an
0: animal existed. Okay,
1: fair enough. This is, this is enough.
0: basically a commercial for the annual. Like yeah, the it really of-
1: is, because it was probably still on the, on the stand. It's only been out for a month or two. So after the flashback's over and
2: people who didn't buy the annual can catch up with what's going on, Peter turns on the television and discovers that Jonah has been awarded a good citizenship medal for slamming Spider-Man. <laughs> like uh, <laughs> okay <laughs> I think the laughter says it all <laughs> it's
3: a little random it's, like, it's like just a rub in your face more because he, yeah. he immediately turns it off it's like you know oh by the way Jameson's won a medal for good citizenship and Peter's like like, like, throws a TV at her
1: well the thing is it's there's such absurdities I mean like that would actually happen but it's being played <laughs> so straight to just you know spiral Peter's poor misbegotten
0: life down even farther um, and well, at, at, least he did, at least he didn't see his girlfriend with another man
3: yeah, it's, it's, it's like, you know, it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's like from, from Futurama, funny, you know, Ned Lease has just won the Olympic, Olympic medal for sex. And Betty um, <laughs> <laughs> I just saying to her, you know, giving him the medal and kissing him on the cheek. He's like, that tears <laughs> it, I gotta go out and be Spider-Man again.
2: <laughs> that would uh, be terrible. Like, like, like Barbados Slim. Uh, the next day, Peter goes to the Daily Bugle building and sees Betty outside. Betty, wait, I've got to talk to you. Peter, uh, it's too
0: late. We've nothing more to discuss. <laughs>
2: this, this is like a play now.
0: <laughs> you knew yeah. I wanted to go to that club meeting with you. Well, even though I didn't tell you I wanted to go to the club meeting with you, but you knew somehow. And you told me you weren't going. No, he never said he wasn't going, but okay, Betty. Uh, then I found you there with Liz, Helen! Nothing you beat? can say can change that. <laughs> but
2: Betty, wait, please. Oh, how can I tell her I couldn't take her because I had to change the Spider Man? I didn't go with Liz. I just met her there and she messed my hair and I was wearing my shoes. And, I think uh, uh, hello there, hair. Parker! <laughs>
1: <laughs> we should just read the rest of
0: the <laughs> <laughs> no, of H- of H- H- issue. <laughs>
1: These
0: will be audio dramas by the time we get to episode 20.
2: So, yeah, so hold on. Um,. So far, Peter's tried to call her at work and she's ignored him. She's called her at home and has basically scared the crap out of her and left her carrying the corner with her hands over his He's going, the phone's not ringing, the phone's not ringing. And then she <laughs> arrived, he arrives at work and she runs away from him. You know, any kind of message being given
0: here
3: Past at all? Winter. Betty Brand is a horrible uh, role model for women. She
0: can't face it Betty doesn't remember the events of last issue, apparently. <laughs> people <laughs> like yeah. that Peter- You told me you weren't going, even though you didn't tell me you weren't going, and you knew I wanted to go, even though I gave you no indication that I wanted to go.
2: Apparently, thought bubbles and speech balloons are the same thing
1: in her mind. Exactly. But it's because all the different voices in her mind use thought bubbles. voices. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. There's I love that. Video,
2: <laughs> yeah. Not well, just monthly ones. Um, anyway, Jonah arrives, as we just realised, when he made an unplanned intrusion into our scene, and he lords it over Peter again, because uh, that's basically all he does. He walks around with his big stuff. grin, and his ego so big they had to widen the doors of the planet to let him in. The planet? The bugle. <laughs> okay. Oh, that was a little slip. <laughs>
0: It's okay, Stanley does it all the time.
2: Anyway, later that day, Peter decides to make money again, and he decides to sell the formula for his web fluid, so he goes and sees a group of scientists. They are fascinated by the strength and dexterity of the rope. Uh, rope, the web fluid. But suddenly they discover that it decays quickly. And basically, instead of taking the formula that Peter's done the legwork on and working on it to make it into a permanent thing, the stupid scientists get all uppity and reject him, despite the fact that they haven't invented anything that's even as amazing as the web fluid and the fact that their bow ties aren't even remotely cool. And as we all know, bow ties are cool.
1: Hell yeah. I wear a fez. Fezes are cool. So Peter
2: swings away, and at which point he runs into—can anybody guess? Oh, go on. Mr. Sandman. Hey, it's the Sandman because he's on the cover of the issue, so he's got to appear somehow, um, even if he's only in it for about nine
1: panels. This is what happens when you put Sandman in a regular jail cell. He comes up the next issue.
2: Uh, Man mm-hmm. attacks but Spidey isn't interested he tries to get out of the conflict but his actions are misinterpreted by the public damn pesky public uh, Jonah witnesses the whole thing because you know, instead of actually editing a newspaper he's just wandering around New York looking smarmy and egotistical and going hey it's Spider-Man being a coward it's like he doesn't have a job
1: <laughs> well he's certainly not doing his job but I, I have to I have to say, I love, even though it's brief, the Sandman fight with him with the mallets slamming all over the place and crawling up yeah. the buildings. This it's is classic stuff. This is awesome. And I, I'm so glad that he does not have the stupid, frightful poor costume that he gets later. I,
2: uh, I like that costume just because it is stupid. Spidey thinks that he's definitely the least popular guy in town, thinking that even President Khrushchev could beat him in a popularity contest. A nice dated reference there. Yeah. I bet. Half our listeners won't even know who Khrushchev is or was. That's, what, that's why God made Wikipedia. Yes. Although, good luck looking him up if you can't spell him.
1: <laughs> did Stan spell it right? No, I'm sure no, that can't be that he, many he called,
0: he called him President Brand. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, 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 I think he messed it up. Spell I don't think it's K-H. E. I think it's K-R-U-S-C-H. No, he did not spell this right at all. Can't is, that's next after the S. There, there are about three different H's in there, and only two of them. Yeah, never mind. It's wrong.
2: <laughs> so, anyway, Spider Man needs to escape from the fight, and he does so by hiding in some garbage. <laughs> I assume that's the correct American term for what we would call rubbish, yes? Yes, yes, garbage is yeah. correct. Or trash. Fantastic. Marvelous. Yay, I could almost pass as a native quickly changing to Peter whilst he's in the garbage. He has a lucky escape, and uh, Sandman returns looking for Spider-Man, but of course he doesn't recognize who Peter Parker is. Hey, punk, did you see that spineless Spider-Man run past here? No, no, I didn't. He he must have gone in the other direction.
3: And I gotta say that that panel is akin to the panel of of Superman, where the little boy is like, you know, no, it can't be, you know, as Superman (laughs) takes off his clothes behind him. Hey, didn't I shoot your uncle a few months ago? Anyway,
0: go ahead. (laughs) This next panel that you're about to go over, the panel on the bottom of page 13 in the story, there yeah. is three continuity errors in that one panel. Ooh, God. let's see
2: if I can spot them. Uh, can
0: you spot the three continuity errors? are they still
2: alive after three heart attacks?
0: Close, but you're way off.
1: Mrs. Watkins. Uh,
0: Mrs. Watkins, yep. that's number one. For those of you who are playing at home and don't have the book, let Husband. us read the dialogue. At least somewhere
2: she had to cook dinner for her husband. Now neither Mrs. Watkins or Aunt Mary Jane has a husband, and indeed Mary Jane never has had a husband ever, ever,
0: yes. Ever! The three continuities errors are number one, Mrs. Watkins. Number two, the whole husband thing, which I'll get into more in the notes. But there's no husband in the fixture, which that really isn't a continuity error because that hasn't been established at this point. But you know, for the sake of purposes, and at this point, it's they're implying by the dialogue. That Mary Jane being away is a very uncommon thing because Mary Jane lives with the Watkins or Watson household, but she doesn't actually Uh live there. In fact, she doesn't even live in the same state. She's just a visitor, but that hasn't been established at this point. Um, In fact, they'll say that again in the graduation issue, but it looks like, like for all intents and purposes at this point in Stanley's mind, Mary Jane lives next door.
1: Actually, I thought that she did too. (laughs) <laughs> you're, you're saying that is the first I've ever heard that she didn't. It's preparation for the movie 37 years later.
0: She would visit Anna Watson, which I actually kind of like that retcon because it seems very, very unbelievable that, if they, that they would live next door to each other for years without like at least running into each other to take out the trash.
1: I totally agree. It's just that the, that's the impression that I had
0: is that she did live with them.
1: And I, I thought it was loopy writing, but you know, whatever. And um, after this, we never see Anna Watkins again. <laughs> no one knows oh, where she, she dies she's dead
3: What's, like, she's like Sally Avril <laughs> exactly Uh,
2: so
0: get, um, get, get over that hey Bertone is that Sally no she's dead <laughs> <laughs> Peter
2: returns home to his continuity challenged aunt <laughs> <laughs> she's so ill she slipped into earth 615 <laughs> oh. almost like, uh, Peter gives May the last of the medicine oh my god, what are they going to do? They can't buy any more medicine. Uh, He's hoping she makes a miraculous recovery just before she needs to take it again. Oh, spoilers. Uh, Spurred on by uh, Spider-Man's latest cowardly actions, Jonah steps up the anti-Spider-Man rhetoric on one of his many TV shows that he's always on.
3: Yeah, like like now on television. Just like
2: Daily Bugle Kids
3: and, you know, now Nightly and all that kind
1: of crap. And is it just me or does Daredevil look like the kitty man there? The what? Like the kitty cat man, because... Oh, like, like Catman? Uh, yeah, his horns look like ears. They don't look like horns, they look like kitty cat ears there. Yeah, you don't I guess it they're... is just me. Never mind, go on.
0: Does the Green Goblin why, on... watch TV wearing his mask? He does everything wearing his mask, dude.
2: Especially play with his Spider-Man
0: dolls. Um, and his Harry, Harry's calling up Gwen, he's like, I think my dad's the Green Goblin. Oh, Harry, you're just imagining things. I don't know, he's been wearing that mask all the time. It turns
2: out that, uh, Aunt May, with her No money At All, has exactly the same model TV set as the Fantastic Four with all their futuristic technology. Because, miraculously, we're suddenly in the Baxter building. And Johnny Storm is all irritated by what he's seeing on TV, and he melts the cable. Um, he then flies into the air, and he leaves a message in the sky uh, saying,
1: Meet me at our last meeting place. Uh, wait, 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 wait. Before we get that, oh. we have Z-O-M-G. The darling pet monkey is back. <gasps> Oh, really? I wish we had
0: Hypnoto music for the monkey, like the equivalent.
1: (laughs) And the same company is now selling seashells and dance lessons. How awesome is that? Uh, They're quite awesome, I assume. Uh, I'm quite worried about live seahorses,
2: $1 each, (laughs) being shipped. (laughs) It's like whenever I see adverts, I I have no idea what they are because we've never had them in this country that I'm aware of, but when I see the adverts in the old comics from, were they, sea monkeys? Yeah. Yeah, and I just don't know what the hell they are. It seems like some sort of freakish aberration of nature, an insult against God, or something.
1: Well, basically, that's <laughs>
2: true. But oh, okay, cool. <laughs> oh, I nailed it then. Right. Anyway, uh, Spider-Man, meet me at our last meeting place.
1: And this is the infamous reference to Strange Tales Annual two, the uh, footnote that sent me on a lifelong mission that ultimately ended in web ski disappointment and ice web induced confusion. <laughs>
0: So is the, sun, is the sun going up or down? Because it looks like it's supposed to be sunset, but the sun's coming up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he waited all night. Yeah, all sure through enough. the night I he waited.
0: We've
2: had, we've had discussions before about dodgy representations of the sun in Spider-Man comic set in New York.
1: Yes, we have, Stephen. Although I don't know which episode will get released first, this one or that one. <laughs> Probably teen- this one. <laughs> Teenage Wasteland episode.
2: Yeah, um, that's a little something to entice you over to
1: Teenage Wasteland and Ultimate Spider Man podcast. Why am I plugging your stuff? You plug your own. <laughs> or the World of Superman blog at worldofsuperman.blogspot.com. Ta da! Oh, wait, wait, uh, wait, wait. The other guys can't ooh. feel left out. You could also try the Bert- Bertoni Beetle blog at.
0: Dude, dude, don't get started on my projects, so or we're going to be here for an hour. <laughs> uh, I, I appreciate the pimpage, but like, I'm on way too many stuff.
1: And Spectacular <laughs> Web's podcast are Clone Saga Chronicles to your Donovan. Oh, yes. Okay, so. Um, let's go on.
0: As says, Flash is about to hang Pim Liz, in that bottom panel.
1: Oh, he really is, isn't he?
0: Yeah, look at that kid. He's acting like Flash just, like, punched him, like, like with his words. Oh, oh hey, hey, stop.
2: My recap. I'm still on panel number three at the top here. Stop jumping to <laughs> panel number eight. Save save your spousal abuse for later. Um, or now, if you want that kind of thing. Anyway, Spide... Oh. What was going on? Oh, yes, some sort of uh, meet-me-at-our-last-meeting-place, except that Peter doesn't want to go, because if he does, he'll leave Mark May alone, and then she'll die w- without him. Um, so the torch basically spends the day sitting on top of the Statue of Liberty. Uh, and right, yes, now you can talk about beating up Liz.
3: Flash, I can't believe it! Even you can't be, still be a fan of Spider-Man! You're darn right I am, as he clenches his fist. I say he's got a reason for a way engine. He'll surprise you all pretty soon. Meanwhile, I'll surprise you with this, and
1: he pulls his fist back, you know. One of these days, one of these days, Alice. <laughs>
0: bam! bam, 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 bam. Look, look at that guy in the bottom, in, in, in the panel, though, like, next to Liz. He's, like, covering his face as if, like, oh, Flash's words sting me. No, he's the
1: guy that Flash just hit
0: right before the panel. Why am I <laughs> yeah. wearing a bow tie at high school?
2: Because bow ties are cool. <laughs> we, we've established this already.
0: <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this, but Flash is the only one that's, like, he's the closest to being dressed as a normal teenager. Right.
2: I right. right. Except for that massive he- hen thing on the bottom of his sweater that reaches all the way up to his ribcage. <laughs> Who finishes sweaters like that? Um, Cosby.
0: <laughs> Flash's mom. <laughs> well, I, guess it's, well, I guess it's Bill Cosby, yeah. <laughs>
2: um, anyway, all of this its not getting to the real nub of this scene, which is that Flash has gone insane. Yes. He plans to redeem Spider-Man. By dressing as Spider-Man, walking very slowly through the streets, and letting the real Spider-Man rescue him if he gets in trouble. What mm-hmm. the seriously? <laughs> did like? Is there? An, I've not read the series. Is there an issue of Untold Tales of Spider-Man where Flash got a lobotomy? Because <laughs> that no. is the only thing it could describe.
1: He's ridiculously. I, I, I think
3: that happens, but it happens in the in, in TV show, doesn't? Somebody like
1: experiment on his brain or something. Yeah. And I have to say in the sixth panel there when he's climbing over the fence, it looks like his spider pants are about to split. Yeah.
0: Have you guys ever seen the episode of Family Guy where Peter starts acting all feminine? So Lois goes over to the Quagmire's house to help and he's like, I knew this day would come and he like starts saying up the seduction stuff.
3: Oh, yeah, yeah. And then
0: she's like, No, I came to talk about like that's what this remote like Liz is like running the Peter's house. He's like, Liz Allen? You're here? <laughs> you imagine him like start taking out the candles and everything and like <laughs> putting on the sexy music, it's like it's Flash and then, like, the record screeching to the hall. Don't worry, don't, don't, don't worry. i you.
2: What was past his sexy music in 1964? I, well, love I, love I love the Moona.
1: I love the Moona and the Juna and the Springer. This would have been, bird, like, the perfect bird, point, bird, bird,
0: point the for, like, this, <laughs> this would have been the perfect point of the issue for Betty Brand to walk into the house, like, okay, Peter, I decided that I was just being a Liz. <laughs> I knew I should have been right all along. And, but, but, <laughs> it, it's her tussling. It's him tussling her hair or something like that. Or like Peter's like, I'm just going to go upstairs to the bathroom to freshen up. And then, like, Betty comes in while Liz is downstairs. She's like, oh, Peter's in the shower. You want me to get him for you? (laughs) Guys, what what actually
2: happens, and we're going to see this in one moment in time, issue three. Um, Betty's actually walking outside the house ready to do all this stuff. But then a red pigeon lands on her shoulder, craps down the back of her jumper. So she walks off. Spoilers, by the way. (laughs) Yes, that's exactly it. So having just covered that, Um, right, that night, dressed as his favorite, and that's my little bibber reference there, I've even spelled it it in my notes, as fav apostrophe writ, Uh, Flash happens upon a gang of car thieves and attempts to intimidate them, and his line is, Okay, turn around and march to the police station if you don't want me to drag you there. If I can pull off this bluff, it'll be the greatest stunt of my life. And in the meantime, he's basically shaking and about to crap
1: his very tight pants. (laughs) Um, And you would think that he would have learned his lesson. This is the second time he's dressed up as Spider-Man. And the first time got him captured by Dr. Frickin' Doomball people. You'd think he you would know by now, but no, he doesn't. Well, he's had that lobotomy since, so he's probably forgotten
2: all about it. Oh, that's um, and basically what happens is the stupid bugger gets jumped and has the living stuff c- beaten out of him. And <laughs> it's the only way to describe it. He, you've got three guys basically pounding the crap out of him. Um, For some reason, Peter starts off by following him, but manages to get so far behind that he can't catch up. Full stop. No, no. Peter Um,
0: saw the beating and didn't stop it because he was enjoying it. Yeah. Oh no, Flash is getting beaten, but I'm too far away to do anything. I guess I should just sit and watch this.
1: In the fourth panel, he's going off paper doll on us. (laughs) Oh, that's a pretty messed up head. Yeah. I have no idea. As he's he's getting
2: beaten, he's going three against one. Big deal. I I bet I could lick any of you single handed. Oh, stop (laughs) kidding me. Just don't Um, hit me anymore, please. Two policemen just happen to be passing. and They rescue Flash. Uh, They unmask him, and weirdly enough, they recognize him because all the policemen want to know the good-looking, athletic 15-year-old boys. (laughs) Oh, my. And then they take him
0: back to his
2: house. Yeah, there's a definite missing scene there where... And then Peter's like,
3: oh, good, good. The the cops almost saw me for a second.
2: Missing scene. And that would have revealed his secret because the policeman would have seen him in the area. (laughs)
0: I... <laughs> Wait a second. You're walking down the street at night? You must be Spider-Man. It's New York City
1: and you're on the streets at night? Holy...
2: Everybody's talking at me. <laughs> it's that kind of street walking, obviously. Um, <laughs> I do you've seen that one. <laughs> anyway, uh, the next day at school, Flash is bearing his wounds. Peter attempts to speak to him, but uh, Flash snaps angrily at him before angrily defending himself and Spider-Man to anyone who will listen and quite a few people who don't. Uh, walking home, Peter sees Betty out with another guy. And who could this be? Oh, it's the first appearance of Mr. Ned with Leeds.
0: Yay! He doesn't, he doesn't get named till next issue, though, but yeah.
1: No. And before Peter and Betty can even get their relationship solidly off the ground, the first bell tolls, heralding its end.
3: I was about to say like this doesn't make sense because isn't he supposed to be in Europe for six months? But then like oh wait I just read issue twenty again. Just prepare for this podcast. So I'm all I'm like all out of whack.
1: <laughs> so they just went to go see a movie and uh, I I have no idea what movie they saw. Of course, but I thought I would look up the top films of 1964 just you know to see. Are you being and, serious? Yeah. been <laughs> 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 the Pete Sellers film, referenced <laughs> on page four.
0: Let's uh, have a twenty minute discussion about what film Betty and Ned would have liked to have seen. <laughs>
1: Of the top five films of the year, mm-hmm. only one had been released before this comic, which was *Viva Las Vegas*, and it was out early enough that it could potentially be what they were seeing here. If it's a comedy, I haven't seen *Viva yeah, Las Vegas*. If it's a comedy, it's, it's,
0: it's a music, It's an Elvis musical comedy. He's like a race car driver. I
1: thought you
2: were going to say like, racist.
0: <laughs> <laughs> comedy. <laughs> he sings. and Margaret sings to him how she'd rather hold a hydrogen bomb than date him, and then pushes him in a pool. <laughs> So, I'm, I'm not making this up.
1: <laughs> and I, mean, just, <laughs> I think you are. And just for everyone's FYI information, the other four that would come out later this year that would be in the top five for the year were Mary Poppins, My Fair Lady, Goldfinger, A Fistful yeah. of Dollars, and Roustabout.
0: Okay, I could see. I think Roustabout's another Elvis movie. I think Is so. It? <laughs> wow. Um, I I could see um, Betty seeing My Fair Lady and like identifying with like the main character.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so we anyway, didn't... Peter realized that he's blown it with Betty, basically, as opposed to Betty blowing it anyway. He never did get to blow it with Betty. That's the whole problem.
0: <laughs> Just wait Whoa. until issue 189.
2: Actually, I have some... Oh, is that the infamous ratio issue? issue?
3: <laughs> 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 yeah, the one of knows that we you know.
0: <laughs> it's it's, it's part of the
2: big three. You've got the drugs trilogy. You've got the death of uh, Gwen Stacy. You've got Peter getting a blowy.
0: By the way, when they reinterpreted this scene for um, <laughs> Chapter 1, like they meant Ned leads into a lot more of a jerk. He's like, huh, I'm glad that you're dating me and not that Chump Parker. Well, he's like, not oh. Like
3: that. Every, every, everything I've read about Ned leads, if he's not like a, a blank slate, he's this big douchebag who's like, Peter, have you been saying Betty's name when, when she and I are not around? Let me punch you over it. <laughs> well,
1: he's nice here because you had to put your best foot forward to get the girl to like you, right?
0: Yeah. Well, Peter calls Ned a boy – like, he uses the word boy as opposed to man, and if you look at him, he looks really young, so it's almost as if she's dating another teenager. And that's kind of one of the mysteries of Ned Leeds. Is he a young reporter, or is he, you mm-hmm. know, an older guy established at the Daily Bugle? Like, Betty's a teenager, so, like... I think, I, think he he I think
1: think he's in his, I think he's at the end of his teens. I, I, I vote mean, for him being, like, 18, 19 years old. You can see why
2: Betty's gone for him, though, because he basically, he is Peter with slightly different hair. Right. So if you look at both of faces there it's peter's face with different hair
0: (sighs) ned Leeds is such a chump though i mean and we'll talk about (laughs) that more but like betty always treated him like second choice like and if it wasn't with peter it was with flash and everyone else like to a point where in one issue of the defalco run when ned is leaving betty for like the 90th time he's like but wait he's like uh you're cheating on me with a guy that's in jail look at me in the eye and say that you love me more than these other men and betty like looks away and he's like yeah that's what i thought Wow. And then he went to
3: Berlin to get his throat slashed. I mean,
0: let's also note that when Ned proposes to Betty, spoiler alert, down the road, it takes Betty like 20 issues because she says, I have to talk to Peter before I make up my mind. Which is basically your way of saying, Ned, well, you're not first choice, so let me check my other options first.
1: Yeah. And the fact that she even would say yes, I mean, if she had that much equivocation about it, I don't know. Certainly if I were her friend, I would have said, girl, get away from him. But you know, it's whatever.
3: about as bad as as a '90s cartoon Black Cat, you know, being between Spider-Man and Morbius, living vampire. And she was just like me and Josh were wrong about that earlier this week. I'm like, man, this this is this is pretty effed up.
0: Well, here's what you don't know about Ned. Aunt May is getting a little more ruthless in her team MJ tactics, and she hired Ned to take Betty out.
3: Oh <laughs> yes, and then that- oh, yeah. – Oh yes, I
0: know. Like, I know. <laughs> yeah, I remember this. He proposes like really, really early in the relationship, probably because Aunt May, you know, said, uh, you're going to marry that girl now or you're not going to How gonna did get she get
1: movie? a hold of Ned Lee's? Did yeah, she well, call 1-800 Hobgoblin?
0: Well, Recom, but Ned was never the Hobgoblin, except he was, but he wasn't.
1: Except that he was, but except that he wasn't.
0: Yeah, I'm not even going to get into If you think we're on a tangent now, forget about it. If we talked about whether Ned was the Hobgoblin or
1: not. <laughs> we'll talk about that when we get to the Hobgoblin or when our kids do.
0: After after we
2: die.
1: (laughs) Okay, so somebody was recapping page 19 and 20. I
2: think that was me. (laughs) Uh, So Peter's going home. May is feeling stronger, but Peter's self-pity leads him to strip off his Spidey suit and dump it in the trash, having first wrapped it in a convenient white paper bag that's obviously just lying around. Uh, Coming back downstairs... The next morning, he sees the wheelchair is empty, and he immediately thinks the worst, which is what you probably would do after three heart attacks, uh, except that she somehow left the wheelchair and died in the corner. Uh, dignity. <laughs> that's what I do. Yeah,
3: that's what I do to my, my routine heart attacks.
2: May is up and walking again, however. She certainly isn't dead, and she delivers an inspiring lecture about not giving up. I say inspiring lecture. It's about three lines long. But you say, though think- I'm an old woman, I'm not a quitter. The person needs gumption, and the will to f- live, to fight.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so Mustn't We parkers are tougher than people think. <laughs> <It is> <laughs> <true> <laughs> <is marching. laughs> that's why they saying. They bring in the little boy from Spider-Man too. Like, where is
3: Spider-Man? Is he coming back, bro? Like. I- how the hell are he you getting in that house? He's, he's like, I, he's li- it's, it's like a gag. He's like, I heard that. I couldn't agree more. You're, you're like, he's literally randomly out of nowhere like right behind her. Although
1: Bromwell is finally looking like Dr. Bromwell in this issue. Yeah, sort of. <laughs> are yeah. we going to call this the first official spider quit?
0: Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, unless you oh, count yeah. issue three. No, no, issue four. Uh, well, issue three, right, Doc Ock?
1: Yeah, yeah. that was issue three. But, uh...
0: we,
2: we're getting there. I mean, the suit's actually going in the trash this time. <laughs> uh, the trash is, and the trash actually gets out into the alley as well. Not quite sure who's taking it <laughs> trash, out. Trash, um, trash, um, want one. Um, so we, we're getting there. So yes, the doctor as yes, as we realise, has appeared out of nowhere. Confirms she is better without actually doing much in the way of testing, uh, and doesn't need any more medicine, which is quite lucky because there is no more and there's no money to buy anymore. With all of his personal problems conveniently solved, Peter reads the paper, decides that he's had enough of Jonah stuff, retrieves the soup from the trash. Puts it on, sprays up with deodorant to take the smell away, and vows the following. Fate gave me some terrific superpowers, and I realize now that it's my duty to use them without doubt, without hesitation. And that means that Spider-Man is going back into action again. I'll fight as I've never fought before. Nothing will stop me now, for I know at last that a man can't change his destiny, and I was born
1: to be... Spider-Man. We told you Uh, this tale would be different, didn't we? So far as we know, it's the first time in history that an adventure hero had no actual fight with any foe. Wow. Apart from the fight he had with his foe in the middle of the book. <laughs>
0: yeah, that was a chase. Yeah, but now well, the respite was is over.
2: And ballot hands and everything. Looked like a fight to me.
0: So, <laughs> the
1: whole uh, Aunt May speech, I think, is probably the first time in the history of the book so far that she's actually shown a rational, strong woman bone in her entire body.
3: As opposed to an annoying plot and con-
0: plot contrivance that you
3: want. That to see medicine die. was
0: making her a little more lucid.
1: Well, she left out her
3: dentures.
2: Maybe that helped.
3: I think this is the oldest I've ever seen Aunt May ever. Like, like in that that dead
2: panel, she literally looks like she's dying. In like, fairness, she's had three heart attacks in the space
1: of weeks. Her her lips are caving in. Seriously, I mean, she she looks old. Just like the <laughs> Tinkerer's brother or Tinkerer's sister. My God,
0: we're like attacking this woman's appearance mercilessly. How dare no! she look so
2: old in our comics? Just have a <laughs> fourth house attack should finish her off. Roll on, Spidey, you him. Why? Can't why? They
3: do what they did with uh, uh, um, um, Doctor uh, Kafka? Yeah, <laughs>
1: Kafka.
2: Luke Ross's run.
1: Well, we have to we have to do say that this, ladies and gentlemen, is why Peter and Mary Jane chose to save May Parker's life because without her, there wouldn't be a Spider Man.
2: What? But hold on. They weren't saving her <laughs> life in the past. They were saving her life in the present. They could have
0: let her die and he would still be Spider-Man.
3: Just saying. You had to do this, John. You just had
0: to. <laughs> Once you start down this path, forever will it dominate your destiny. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and, <laughs> if we're going to talk about Crash Joker Quesada moves, then surely we should point out there was smoking earlier in this comic and you can't do that anymore. Exactly. Um, who was smoking? The guy at the Ace Picture Comic Card Company. Oh, right, thing. right. Who, who lo- he who blew like lo- smoke in his face. Right. Like Fred Boswell's twin. He's
1: well, I've him. been doing the X-Men blog, and freaking Charles Xavier has a pipe out every issue, and he always has like this, like, you know, I'm-so-cool little smirk on his face whenever he's lighting that thing. It's
3: the eyebrows, man. The Spock
1: eyebrows. Yeah. Awesome eyebrows. Now, I recall reading, and I, I can't remember where, but that this story idea came from Steve Ditko. He wanted to do a story that didn't have Spider-Man much at all, but rather focused only on Peter dealing with life and deciding not to be Spidey before coming back to be in the costume at the end. What, because the costume's that difficult to draw? (laughs) I don't know.
3: I'm drawing Spider-Man all the time. It's like, all the webs are so
2: hard to draw. Not really that hard. Hey, I want to do an issue of Spidey where he's in his all-white Spider-Man suit in a blizzard. Exactly.
0: Stanley would hype that up too. Oh, Spider fans, you've never seen anything like this before.
3: I love the picture of, of Peter, and, the, and the, the the page right before the last page where you've gone through this whole issue of, of an ugly J. Jones, Jameson Green, and everything, and Flash gets beat up for believing in Spider-Man, and everybody's giving him crap, and then he like reads the, the thing again, and he just like just tears it up. He just like smashes it, mm. and then you see the a uh, half page splash of him like you know, in his spider cross I thought that was really
2: good, good artwork. Spider-Man smashed the puberty paper.
0: Okay, so the first time that a hero didn't fight their foe in the issue, man, I, 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 would, I would love to see Stan's reactions at like, 90% of the comics today where it doesn't happen at all anymore. Right. Where or, like, or, like,
3: the issue of uh, JMS's one where he talks to Aunt May about him being Spider-Man. Like, it's just, that's whole, that whole issue is just the talk, and I guess the magic of Stan, you be like, what?! What? Where, where, where's the super villain? Where's the action? Come on, Joe. Okay,
0: so in terms of Anna Watkins, <laughs> um, one thing that Untold Tales did—I swear to God, like I feel like I'm Untold Tales' biggest cheerleader—it's relevant. It's all relevant, people. Uh, they actually foreshadowed Aunt May uh, and the radiation taking over her body in the Master Planner storyline um, a lot, and she would get these dizzy spells, like in the months preceding, like even like ten issues before it was set to happen. And at one point she said, "Oh, maybe Anna Watkins can come over for dinner." And then Peter's thinking she just called her best friend by a different last name. Something's wrong with Aunt May. So oh, she's so really? so.
1: So they so link into so, the health issues.
0: Yeah, so she's so sick and senile that she doesn't know her friend. Which um, they never explain the husband thing, but you can reckon that Aunt May was so like deluded that she thought that like Anna's husband was away or something. Which, uh, that's another thing. I don't know if I went into it in this podcast before, but the whole thing about Anna Watson's husband, it's this really, really weird effing mystery. Cause oh, yeah,
1: we've talked about that before because, like, wow. yeah. her name is Watson before she's married and her name is Watson after she's married. And
0: yeah, she's we've Mrs. Never Watson. Have a husband. She's Mrs. Watson, implying that, like, you know, she, the, her married name is Watson. But um, when she's introduced in, like, the flashback tale where Mary Jane explains her family history, she says that Anna Watson is her father's sister. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, like, uh, uh, I, I, we went over this before, but, like, one explanation is her name was Watson and she married a guy named Watson.
1: Right. Which well, is maybe, the easiest um, explanation, although it's the li- probably one of the less likely.
0: Yeah, and to top it all off, like, when she tells Mary Jane about her first marriage – um, in the Dematis-Luke Ross run, Mary Jane reacts as if, like, she's surprised that Anna Watson was ever married. She's like, wait a minute, you were married?
3: <laughs> what a niece she is. Well, maybe Dan Slott, you know, who's coming on to the books and, you know, he's big on continuity can fix, straighten that out.
0: The garbage can scene would have been a lot more effective if he would have done it at the beginning of the issue and then opened it up at the end of the issue because – it's cool that, like, he ripped it out and it was a cool sequence, but it's kind of cheapened by the fact that he only threw the costume out, like, two pages earlier. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, there there there's a missing scene begging to happen. When Peter leaves to rescue Flash, he doesn't want to leave Aunt May all alone. So he has Liz babysit Aunt May. I The, the, the mind, like, fathoms at, like, how, how that went.
3: <laughs> so Team Liz against Team MJ, you know... But, like, like, she already hates Betty, but how would she handle Liz, you know?
1: Yeah, well, you can see and... Aunt May, like, being all sweet and nice to Liz, but, like, inside the evil machination. putting sleeping pills in her cookies. I, I, I think that well, should be like, Liz oh, is let babysitting. Me call,
0: let me call surely, Betty Brant over to, to, so that she sees that you're over here. I was, was about a... to
2: say, surely Betty chooses that moment to come by and see how sick Aunt May's doing. And Liz and is then there. And the sparks fly.
0: I, I, <laughs> could see, I could see Aunt May being nice to Liz. Just because Liz is a threat to Team Betty. And like, you know, that way, like, you know, she basically using her her one of her enemies to defeat her other enemy.
2: Ah, you're a teenage hussy, but you're in high school. So fantastic. <laughs> Come on in.
0: Yeah. Um. Now, while the Watkins thing is kind of confusing, I think that this is the first time that we get Anna Watson's first name. I'm pretty sure that at this point she's just been Mrs. Watson.
1: I believe you're right.
0: Uh, Peter says at one or two points in this issue, Betty won't give me a tumble, which is a line that like Lee loves to repeat. Yeah. He loves to talk about people like he loves that phrase. This person won't give me a tumble. In fact, like it's one of Gwen's like you know catchphrases. Once you get to Dicko run of ESU.
1: Peter
3: Parker's the first boy that's never even give me a tumble, 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 tumble,
1: tumble. Well, we like to make fun of it because it has a whole new meaning now that just didn't exist back then.
3: Wasn't it a meaning that like no one, no one, people probably forgot about, but probably always meant a roll in the hay, so to speak.
1: Yeah, issue eighteen. Yeah, issue eighteen. The issue um, eighteen. The letters page was pretty lackluster this month. Um, there was actually nothing said that really caught my attention. Um, but the special um, announcement um, section did positive. There is one thing, John. Oh yeah, go ahead. You've got the letter there from
2: uh, Terry Larson,
1: Father and, of and Eric. that, What's believe that it or
2: not, is Eric Larson's father.
1: Oh, I totally guessed that. Is it really? Yeah. Okay. Well, good. I did not know that at all. So I guess we got a little taste of some future talent there. And he says, oh, brother, you guys are really stuck on yourselves, aren't you? Why don't you just come (laughs) off of your high horse for a minute and wake up? You seem to like to compare the Spider-Man to the torch. Well, in my book, the torch could fry that Spider-Man and his webs to a frazzle before that crazy insect could say, duh. The best thing you can do to improve your magazine is to stop this conceited bit, and you'll make a lot more friends. Terry Larson, Alberta, Canada. Excuse me. Spiders are arachnids, not insects. But well, what oh, do we arachnids. do with our friends, Terry? We don't even have enough time for our enemies. The uh, special announcements section, though, did posit the question, what does MMMS stand for? Oh, yeah. Those four letters are uh... become very popular in Marvel very shortly. There were lots of books being advertised this month. Fantastic Four, number 32, is Death of a Hero, which killed off the just recently introduced father of Sue and Johnny Storm, who uh, would last a lot longer in the Ultimate continuity, but eventually get killed off too. Tales of Suspense 59 began the Captain America strip, which ran behind the Iron Man strip. Iron Man will usually get 12 pages, and Cap will usually get 10. Tales to Astonish 61 had the army capturing the Hulk in one of the first chapters of his new strip, and a rather useless giant man story. And finally, Journey into Mystery 109 had Magneto fighting Thor. Why is Magneto fighting Thor instead of the X-Men? Hell if I know. I haven't read it yet, but I will because this book will be covered on the X-Men blog
2: when I get to that. <laughs> um, One thing that really annoys me about that solicit for the Thor issue, um, I can't stand it when they call Thor Male Goldilocks. It just really. It, it, that's not who he is, and you know, for once, just don't bother coming up with a, like a little tag or something for him, like old shell-held head or you know anything like that. He's not shell male head, goldilocks. Hand,
1: yeah. yeah. Who calls him male Goldilocks? Is that just like a, a common thing that other superheroes it, call him? Well, right now
2: it says it stars our male Goldilocks battling the X Men's most powerful enemy, Magneto. Oh, I see in the
1: description there. I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah.
2: He's not your male Goldilocks. Okay.
1: <laughs> just no. The X-Men do make an odd cameo in that book. If I remember right, you see like eye blasts and ice balls being thrown from off-panel at the Brotherhood. But the X-Men themselves don't actually visibly walk onto the page. It's kind of weird.
0: That is weird. That's like in a TV show where they like can't get a special guest star I know. Like to play a recurring character so like they have the character off-screen. But it's a comic book. You could draw them. After these messages
2: we'll be right back. Just who the hell are you? He's James T. Kirk. Don't you read history? What did you say your name was? Captain Jean Luc Picard of the USS Enterprise. Which one of you is the captain? Violate the treaty, Captain.
0: Red alert! All hands, battle stations! This is Captain Kirk. Incorrect. Can we just get down to it, please? Prepare to attack. All hands, battle stations.
3: Mondays. Available the second Monday
0: of every month at twotruefreaks.libson.com
1: Amazing Spider-Man 19 was released September 8, 1964 with a December cover date. So we are two years to the day before the premiere of Star Trek on NBC on September 8th. Well, we're actually only a couple of months before Gene Roddenberry began filming on the pilot for Star Trek The Cage. That I don't know if y'all have seen that black and white pilot. If you don't know the story, you might, because you're oh, I saw it but Roddenberry promised NBC a sort of space western adventure show, but gave them The Cage, which was more like a high concept psyche exploring drama. And this was rejected by NBC in February of 1965. But enough about Star Trek. This is a Spider-Man podcast. So let's talk about Spider-Man. Speaking of Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man 19 is an adventure epic of most compelling excellence, entitled "Spidey Strikes Back," and it is brimming with such great guest stars as The Human Torch, The Sandman, and the Evil Enforcers. That cover,
3: uh, that image of Spider-Man, was like was like reused all the time. In the uh, was it the Gantry? Lawrence? Yeah, it was the Gantry Lawrence? Uh, 60s Spider-Man show. Like, yeah, the show 1967
1: cartoon. That. Yeah, fans of that cartoon will recognize this image because it's copied right onto the opening credits and it swings right at you, growing bigger on the screen. Very cool. And I, I actually, uh, for my freshman
3: year of college, back when I was an art major, I actually, upon watching like the Steve Ditko, like Ditko-rama uh, 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 documentary, I actually I actually did like this whole big Ditko drawing of like, all his characters and did that. Uh, I swiped that image from there, but... But that's, that's not
1: important. <laughs> Everything's important on this show. If you open up, the opening splash is all kinds of dynamic. The title, Spidey Strikes Back, is at the top, and there's a picture of Sandman and Montana trying to take down the Human Torch while Fancy Dan and the Ox are after Spider-Man, and I'm sorry. Okay, but- let's
0: be real. Sandman grabbing the Human Torch's ass. <laughs> he is. Oh, yeah. yeah he is. Someone and could he say his ass is
1: on fire. Options. There's no way you have the Ox coming up on Spidey from behind like that, Without it looking bad, and, I,
3: I, uh, I think it's even worse because Spider Man is like, like kind of at an angle. It's not like he's like, like tying his
1: shoes or anything. Just, they're just getting in <laughs> there, a position.
2: There's on the splash page. There's something which was called out in the letter in the previous issue. They talk about color bleed a lot, and uh, mm-hmm. the final letter in uh, eighteen talks about color bleed. And in this splash page, the colors all over the place. It's like off by about four millimeters from the actual inking.
1: Yeah, the entire the entire page, the colors off from the from the line.
2: Um, Uh, You can really see it on the Spider-Man logo on his back. It's just... I don't think any of the red actually hits any of the area where it should actually be.
1: (laughs) Our captions here read, Featuring guest stars, supervillains, super thrills, one of the most eagerly awaited action dramas of all time. And there
2: was me thinking that was Godfather 2.
1: I was, you know going to see if it'd be the resurrection of Jesus Christ, but, you know, whatever. Is um, that really
2: an action drama?
1: <laughs> you
2: know, if it was be.
0: done now, it would be. Yeah, you know, right?
2: <laughs> it's like Passion of the Christ 2 from Family Guy. Yeah, yeah. He
3: who... T- the you're first crazy, stone Jesus. You're
0: crazy. That's Should what my be. ex-wife said. It's you know crazy. To, crazy. You know how to use one of these? You it know how to use one, one of one these? I mean, <laughs>
1: Due to his aunt's serious illness last month, Peter Parker spent all of his time at home, looking after her. That meant, of course, that Spider-Man was out of action, too. People began to think that Spidey had turned coward, and he was powerless to change that mistaken idea. But now, his aunt is no longer dangerously ill, and so, watch out! And our credits read, written by Spidey's godfather, Stan Lee, illustrated by Spidey's big daddy, Steve Ditko, Oh, lettered my. by S Rosen, Spidey's second cousin on his uncle's side. 111 Turn the page and our first panel reads, are you comfortable? Are you relaxed? Do you have time to read this whole story through without interruption? Please don't start unless your answer to all these questions is yes, because the action starts right now and it doesn't stop till the last page. Ready? Okay. Here comes the thriller of a lifetime!
3: I feel like I'm on a roller coaster and about to have a heart attack. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, several hoods are robbing the Midtown Bank, and they are making their getaway. But suddenly, an awesome beam shines through the darkness, revealing the spider signal! Actually, it says the darkness, but we're in broad daylight, so I'm confused. Or Stan yeah, was confused. <laughs> the or... darkness
3: of, the- of their shadows on the ground, I guess.
1: Okay.
0: Uh- Oh, and from above. Mean, we know, we know they, how shadows work in the Marvel Universe. Just ask Norman Osborn's face.
2: Exactly. Well, at this point, surely this amazing, was it? An awesome light beam shining through the darkness. Well, the light beam is about the size of a manhole cover. It's fairly dim. And if you look at the lines of it, it shines from about five feet away. Because <laughs> that's where the lines converge, and therefore its point of origin is. It's a guy with a flashlight going, Ooh, Spidey signal! Ooh, look, Spidey signal! Spidey's back! Spidey signal on the ground there! Hey, anyone noticing? Spidey signal on the ground! Just
1: there!
2: <laughs> yeah? No? Oh, screw it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and from above, a lean, hard-muscled, incredibly nimble figure hurdles downward towards the startled crooks. It's, it's Spider-Man! Spider-Man. And he's jumping, and punching, and kicking, and most importantly, cracking wise with the best of them. But what he doesn't notice is one of the thugs sneaks off through the crowd, inner monologuing about how he has to notify the boss that Spider-Man is back. Spidey reminds the crowd to spell his name right in the papers. There's a hyphen in it, remember? And somewhere in listener land, Brad Douglas lets loose a cheer. <laughs> yeah! If they're going to spell Spider Man's name right, then surely they can at least spell the
2: word anniversary on the cover of a Spider Man related comic. You would All think right. so, but so maybe not. You'd think. Apparently, they uh, misspelled Wolverine as well on one of the, on a comic recently. <laughs> Did they really? <laughs> yeah, it was on Bleeding Call. I can't remember which one it was, but um, yeah. Was well, if, pretty if they bad. can't
1: spell Khrushchev, how are they going to spell Wolverine? I mean, come on.
2: Yeah, it's not like they have editors on any
1: of the books nowadays, there's only like five on each book. Okay, I mean, I have to say I don't really have anything against Steve Wacker, but he is so bad about using like the wrong homonym in the letters columns, and it annoys me. But anyways, a short time later, in a lecture hall, (laughs) J. Jonah Jameson is getting ready to deliver his speech, how I proved that Spider-Man is a cowardly fraud, but just as he's being introduced, an aide steps up and whispers the news about Spider-Man, and Jonah's face its so awesome. In three panels, <laughs> his face goes from kitty who caught the canary to confused and worried to someone peed in my Cheerios. And he leaves Aww. out the side door. Or or to use my terminology, it's gone from stuff cheating
2: to stuff rubbed in his face.
1: Yeah, but every time you say that I have to bleep you, so I can
2: <laughs> Oh <laughs> Oh, I forgot this podcast is censored. I'm I'm so sorry.
1: <laughs> this is a family
2: show. A family Hi Lily <laughs> Oh, should, should I be cutting down all the sort of the random pedophile references there? I,
1: I suggest you employ your British uh, profanity your heart. Uh, I've up. got quite a few for the next couple of issues. Um, this okay. a lot
3: of word toss up. <laughs> okay.
1: We're on. playing with tossers and, and sodding and bloody and all sorts of stuff like that. That'll be fun. Bugger, is that okay? Bugger's <laughs> awesome. Brilliant. Well... Um, i love them british
3: i love them so
1: much i I just like the way you go bugger's awesome you've been (laughs) there you've been there done that i have the hairy palms so the human torch is flying by overhead muttering to himself about how he needs to get home because that last fight he had nearly exhausted him and we get a reference to strange tales number 127 which was released the same time as this book Strange Tales lead strip had, by this time, shifted from Torch solo stories to Torch Thing team-up stories. And in issue 127, they go up against a mystery villain, a man all in green from head to toe, who turns out to be Reed Richards, fighting them just to prove a point. And I have to wonder something. There are only seven more Torch Thing stories in Strange Tales. Then the strip is dropped and replaced by Nick Fury, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. And I wonder if you think it's possible that at this point, sales of the magazine were declining. And so referencing it here was more like more than just a storytelling device, also a sales pitch for the book. Hey, Spidey fans, come read Strange Tales. I don't know, maybe. I can't get over the fact that Reed Richards pretended to be a villain. Like, oh yeah, just just how you know the
3: Fantastic Four are jerks. You
0: know, Superman did that on a regular basis back in the 60s. He'd like you know dress up as the devil and like make Lois think that she was going to hell to teach her a lesson. And that's not an exaggeration. That's actually that actually happened in one issue of Lois Lane.
1: So Reed Richards he- had inspiration.
0: Yeah.
1: When he was reading his comic books. So one thing that's weird here is that at the end of that story, Johnny, Ben, and Reed are all in the FF pogo plane. So you'd think that if Johnny needed to get home to rest, Reed could just you know, fly by Glenville and drop him off. But no, nah. he must have flown them to the Baxter building and then made the ex- exhausted Johnny hoof it. Yeah, well,
3: I liked you, Johnny, but I have so much more science to do.
1: <laughs> Maybe Johnny was in a bad mood after losing the fight to Reed, so he decided to play Martyr. Who knows? In any case the torch is snagged by an asbestos-covered lasso just as he nears his I, house. I'm sorry, a
2: what?
3: And, uh, <laughs> I know, that's, that's ridiculous.
1: <laughs> an asbestos-covered
3: lasso, of course. Of course, yeah. yeah. Of, of course, don't you know? The,
1: the lasso is being held by Montana, who, with the rest of the Enforcers as well as the Sandman, captures, subdues, and carries off the torch.
0: Page five, that top panel. You can't tell me. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs>
3: Thank you. Go! <laughs> <laughs> what the- yeah, she, cue the cue the phrase, uh, Stephen
0: bugger. You can see, you can see the Human Torch's body. Ins- I can't believe I'm saying this inside of Sandman's.
2: Oh no! I thought Sandman was inside the Human Torch. Anyway. Um, oh no! <laughs> I see. I actually have a note here that I really like the way that the Torch thing was. Um, Incapacitated. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good use of Sandman's powers. It's just wrong.
1: It's oh. absolutely wrong, and then he comes out all tired and and you know, oh. poor, poor Johnny. And
3: without his fiery power, he's just another puny teenager that we
1: can handle with ease. Oh, really? I was cut down ease, on. ease oh, is oh. the new KY product. Oh Jesus! So the word comes from a hireling about Spider-Man's return to activity, but no one is worried. They put the torch in a glass cage with a limited air supply and determined to learn more about Spider-Man so they can take him out.
2: And remind me, how does putting the torch in a glass cage with a limited air supply help them learn about Spider-Man?
1: It's just um, something along the way they're going to do. They're going to keep him there while our next task is to learn more about Spider-Man. I don't know.
0: Shoot him head.
1: Kill him. But even as the enforcers speak, little do they dream that the one they're talking about is swinging swiftly through the air over the rooftops of the city, almost within sight of the fearsome foursome.
0: Okay, I get that they're trying to go for an irony thing, but little do they dream, like as, as, that—that spider mans swinging in the city, like really, like they—they they can't imagine, like or fathom the fact that Spider-Man might be swinging through New York. <laughs>
3: that, that reminds me of the scene where Peter shows up to Philadelphia to Betty, and Betty's like. Peter,
0: are you here? I
2: never
3: dreamt! Like, exactly. Dreamt
2: what? <laughs> I like to think um, there's a cutscene, there where the four sit around and go, what do you think Spider-Man's doing right now? They all imagine doing anything except Spider-Man
0: stuff. Like, they're like, like right. table tennis, or... I think... <laughs>
1: Sitting down with a cup of tea and reading a comic book.
0: And then, like, Ox like, says something like, really, really intellectual, and they all, like, look at him like he's crazy.
1: <laughs> I
0: mean, uh, he's probably throwing a rock. Is examining the dichotomy of the American Teenage. <laughs> I, I mean, uh... <laughs> ox hungry!
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: it loses uh, Me want food, me eat now! There, there you go, there you go. Okay, that must have want of plant plan rule the world.
1: So Spidey swings home and, secure in the knowledge of Aunt May's good health, goes to sleep. Then, early the next morning, Peter flirts with his aunt before heading off to school. Wait, what? He does. He totally does. Back back, back the truck up. (laughs) Oh, excuse me. I must be at the wrong place. What's a pretty young girl like. Uh, What's a pretty young girl doing here in my Aunt May's kitchen? Peter Parker, go along with you. You know who I am. Although I must (laughs) admit, I do feel so much better lately, dear. Anyways,
2: my point about (laughs) that scene is it was only yesterday that Aunt May got out of the wheelchair for the first time following a heart attack. Peter, why don't you just get your ass out of bed earlier and cook her some breakfast?
1: <laughs> oh, she's I'll out of the
2: wheelchair. She's 100% recovered. I'll now just lie in and I'll get my breakfast when I'm up. Damn it, woman,
0: cook for me! Don't you know anything about domestic roles in the early 60s? Maybe
1: he was just expecting to grab a Pop-Tart on the way out. I yeah, don't Peter, pop-
0: what's this Pop-Tart thing you mentioned?
1: <laughs> there at school, he finds to his dismay that Flash Thompson is once more as popular as ever. Right. He tries to buddy up to Liz, but she's mad at him because you had the unmitigated nerve to be mad at me. Go we well, get reminded of the intense irony <laughs> that Flash is Spidey's biggest fan, even though he hates Peter Parker. But then, after school has ended, Peter is walking home and sees fancy Dan, by chance, walking down the sidewalk in his purple suit and purple stripy hat.
3: It looks like he's smoking a pencil.
2: He is. He's got a lady's cigarette holder. Yeah, very fancy Dan. I I do do declare. I have to say, Peter's luck is doing pretty well at the moment, because last issue he just randomly ran into the Sandman. uh, (laughs) That wasn't such. And now this issue he just happens to see
1: uh, Fancy Dan. And the guy's not doing anything, he's just walking around, right? But he's a bad guy, so he must be doing bad things, right?
0: In the Marvel Universe, like, New York is a really, really small city, because everyone just bumps into each other. Yes.
1: There are a lot of characters out there. Like when they went to the uh, natural history museum, and Flash and Liz just happened to be there listening to the same lecture that he was listening to for the lizards. Oh, Who's all the cool things, you know, <laughs> just hang out? Parker, to the you're a George. What are you
0: doing at a museum?
2: <laughs>
1: God, at least the X Men had their poetry coffee shop place. I know, right? I love that poetry coffee shop place. It's awesome.
0: Wasn't so, there like a waitress there named Zelda?
1: Yeah, they had Zelda, and who was the other girlfriend?
2: And there was this little guy who wore a green hat called Link who was always looking for her.
1: <laughs> no, who was the other girl? Uh, Hank had Zelda. Who did Bobby have?
0: Hank had Zelda. I thought Iceman had Zelda.
1: Did Iceman have Zelda? Well, then who did Hank
0: have? I don't there know. There were two girls. Yeah, no one knows. Vera, Vera. Vera. Maybe Hank. Maybe Vera Hank Vera had Zelda. Zelda. It's just been a while, which since is weird because like, with
2: if they saw Hank's big feet, they would have known what else they could have got.
0: Mm. <laughs> oh
2: God! Big shoes. <laughs> yep yeah. Right. But, I'm sorry, uh, that's your dirty mind there. <laughs> well, your little, mmm, kind of gets me... But big okay. shoes are interesting. They're, they're bigger than normal shoes. Well, here's my big question. Sh-
3: you, say, you say Zelda and it. Mirror Mirror, whatever. Where, where are these characters now? Are
1: they dead? <laughs> I honestly have no idea, although that's worth a look at the chronology project to find out while we're sitting Next here... Next Man First Class did a whole bunch From of stuff. From what I the, remember,
0: the, like, the uh... I think when yeah. John Byrne was doing his, like, hidden years or something, he, like, explained he had, like, Bobby go back to Zelda after, like, some other, like, incontinuity girl broke up with him, and she got mad at him for basically forgetting about her for, like, ever. I could be you know, Like, this, this is stuff that, like, I've picked up over the years.
1: Okay, Zelda's last appearance was in X-Men 47. Then she was in a flashback in the Marvel Holiday special of 1994, and then she was in an issue of X-Men Hidden Years number two. So that must have explained like her fate on what happened between the original series and the uh, Chris Claremont
0: reboot. I think uh-huh. that the Hidden Years is when she like kicked Bobby out of the apartment saying, uh, you know, what am I, chopped liver now?
1: Vera had a much more interesting story. She went on to become an, uh, part of the Defenders. What? Yeah. After X-Men 47 and her appearance in X-Men Hidden Years, she was in Amazing Adventures. She was part of uh, Hank's life after he went off to um, become furry. And then whenever he... He went on to be in the Defenders team. Vera was still a part of his life and followed him even into X-Factor. Her last issue, uh, she was in X-Factor 2, 3, 5, 7, 8, and 55.
0: Okay, when you said that, I thought you meant like she joined the Defenders.
1: That's actually what I meant when I said it, but I realized that that wasn't right, that she was just there because Hank was there.
0: Okay, yeah, like, I mean, because that would be like having Liz Allen join like the Great Lake Avengers or something.
1: And actually, Uh when we get to Marvel Team-Up 124, you know next week she is going to be in that issue so we're actually going to have vera appear on this podcast it's exciting yes or or not so, uh, so minutes, fancy dan <laughs> so fancy dan's doing bad things like walking down the street smoking a stick so uh minutes later after a lightning change in a dark alley spider follows master daniel into a house but it's kind of a big spacious house and silly spidey he gets sighted by a bunch of other thugs who just happen to walk through the front room area so he has to fend off some thugs, plus the enforcers, and the fight makes so much noise that it draws the police from outside. Everyone makes a run for it, including Spidey. A short time later, <laughs> at the newspaper office of J. Jonah Jameson, Peter gets ready to talk to Betty Brant when he sees her with oh,
0: another she's with guy. Another oh, I forgot all about this other fella from last issue.
1: She introduces him to Ned Leeds. How, how can <laughs> Betty Breed. The lightning strikes <laughs> in the background.
0: <laughs> how can Betty Breed? Look at panel number three. There's no circulation in, in her neck uh, in that yeah,
1: yeah, that's a really weird neck
3: piece. It looks like her head is like in a cupcake holder.
0: And in the panel, like, <laughs> directly under it.
1: Yeah, exactly. So
3: go, where where, where, where oh. did you see this?
1: You at first caught off guard, Peter plays it cool and smooth like there's not some guy making time with his girl. And Betty's at first glad he's being so understanding, but then, of course, she gets jealous.
0: She, Betty's the only woman that could get jealous over the fact that she's dating someone else <laughs>
1: I wonder can he have found someone else <laughs> because Betty Brant not being jealous at every opportunity was
0: weird. Okay, Betty like she's like oh no have I driven Peter into the arms of another woman by like ignoring his phone calls and dating other men
1: she really did everything in her power to give him the cold shoulder after the whole the fan club thing she has no right
3: for some reason, my, 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 my bitchy ways have drawn Peter from Ch- out of my arms. I don't
0: understand I, what's happening. If I would have thought that that ignoring him, not answering his phone calls, running away from him in the street and telling him that we were through and dating other men would make him act aloof, I, I never would have done it.
1: <laughs> it's less than no right. She actually owes Peter now. But oh well. Um, See, Bethy's just a hole. She'll pay him back oh, a few issues. Dude.
0: Dude, you, you, the, the, you ain't seen nothing yet. Do you know all about yeah. Betty Brand in the 80s? <laughs> uh,
2: I've read it. I've, I've, the details escape me, but she is a whore.
0: She's cheated, she cheated on her husband twice with two different men.
2: One yes, of our heroes. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, and well, the Flash Thompson thing, like, that, like, she carried on with it, like, openly.
2: The note I've got here is that she's seeing Ned, but the moment Peter seems happy, you want him again. And then I've got a little quote here. Place that for JJ on ice, darling. His attempt to be bitchy in camp doesn't really work.
1: It's okay, we'll forgive you this time.
2: (laughs) Thank you, sweetie.
1: You're such a comfort. So meanwhile, J. Jonah Jameson comes storming through the offices on a tirade. Peter tries to get his attention to ask if he wants pics of the Enforcers, but gets a door slammed in his face for his troubles. Meanwhile, back at the Sandman's hideout, a conference is taking place. The Enforcers are plotting with Sandman to stop Spider-Man, and Torchy Boy is there in his glass cage. He has barely enough airflow to breathe, not enough to flame on. But he tries it anyway, consuming more oxygen that he might need to, you know, survive. And now...
2: That's why Johnny's not the scientist.
1: <laughs> hold on to your hats, friends. Here comes some of that high-tension action we promised you. Spider-Man is swinging through town to go after the Enforcers, but first he swings by the Daily Bugle to pester Jonah. Then he perches on the side of a building, waiting for a little stoolie he knows. When Louie walks by, he grabs him with his webs and sticks him to the side of the building. Louie seems a little too eager to give up the location of the Enforcer's hideout, and the fact that they have the torch, so Spidey suspects. It's a trap! <laughs> I
2: just wanted to ask, Louie the stoolie, is,
1: yeah. he,
2: is he someone who's ever been seen before or since, or I is think, he just a plot think, device?
3: Hasn't he been at least one other issue?
2: I don't know if he's the
0: same guy, but... Would you trust somebody named Louis the Stooley if you're a criminal? <laughs> hey guys, should we really talk about this with Louis the Stooley right here? <laughs> oh, we can trust him. <laughs>
1: yeah. uh, guys, I won't be turning to the next superhero who yanks me off the street. No, you tell me, that'll be fine. According to the index, this is his only appearance. The index, oh jeez. Yeah, I really, in that case, I really hate this
2: sort of character. And it seems to pop up every time a a hero needs to find out some information. Suddenly there's a convenient stool pigeon who's never been heard of before and never is heard of again. And where where would Spider-Man
1: get this kind of a contact? I mean, he's a high school kid, right? He only puts on his costume when he has to fight somebody. He doesn't go prowling around meeting crooks.
0: That you know of. Well the reason why you never saw Louie the stool pigeon again is he got like whacked by the mob after this for, you know, being a yeah. stool pigeon.
3: <laughs> yeah, he he gets down from the wall and, and like there's like a mob and like, We saw that.
2: Bam! Yeah. What I want is to have the stool pigeon from um you ever seen police Squad? Yes.
1: Yeah. Well,
2: it's been a long stool time pigeon in seen that. It. The one one who knows everything about this crime, then someone turns up and goes, Hey, listen, I'm in the middle of a heart operation. She's open on the table, we're trying to do this type of operation, but I can't work out what to do next and the guy just gives off this a long detailed Uh, list of medical instructions.
1: (laughs) I love that still pigeon. It's a shame he didn't go into the film. So Spidey's hunch that it's a trap, that it's a trap, proves to be 100% correct. Later, Spidey sneaks through the warehouse, past all the lookouts to find the torch in his cage. He sets up his automatic camera to take pics before moving in. Now, here's something kind of cool. The torch's cage, for those of you who can't see it at home, is cylindrical. And the Sandman has shaped himself into a perfect cylinder to match the diameter of the cage, so that he sits on top of it, and it looks like it's all of one piece. So, as Spidey mm-hmm. goes to land on top of the cage, he's not suspecting anything, and it comes to life as the Sandman tries to envelop Spider Man.
0: Except that his Spider-Sense
1: should have warned him about that.
0: Or that the big pile of sand should have been a tip-off.
1: But he doesn't know that it's sand. It could be just a gritty-looking structure that, I mean, material that's made out of it. It doesn't have to look like sand.
0: Okay, Captain Apologist.
1: (laughs) But the problem is that they're all attacked by live seahorses, live pet monkeys, dancing lessons, and shell treasures. That would
0: be the best (laughs) Amazing Spider-Man ever.
1: (laughs) If the adverts broke free and took over the story. I know, right? (laughs) I
3: just imagine, like, Stanley getting the pages like, whoa, Steve, I'm tripping.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And, of course, fighting ensues. Ox has some punches, Montana has his lasso, Fancy Dan has his judo, thugs have their chins for Spidey to smack, and Sandman does several neat things, trying to grab Spidey with sand tentacles, slugging him with mallet-shaped fists, even turning himself into a barrel and knocking Spidey from behind. Ditko was really having a ball that day. Oh yeah, this is great. This is really good. At one point, to dodge an attack, Spidey tucks and rolls, and then keeps rolling right into the glass cage breaking the human torch free. So with access to real air, the torch is able to flame on, and together they knock everyone out but the
0: Sandman. Right. So I t- love how one Spide- of the thugs has like a fire extinguisher that he sprays up <laughs> <at> the torch.
1: <laughs> it's breaking- like a Ghostbusters uh, get up thing that he has yeah. going on there.
2: Um, Spidey breaking through the glass tube. That's some pretty sharp edges there. You um, think, should right? he be unconscious on the floor, bleeding out from having seven artery? I mean, um, the that th- th- die, at that's, least.
0: that's what really happened The rest of this issue is just his morphine Induced fantasy <laughs> uh,
2: the, the next 40 years worth of comics
1: well, You don't see the Red bird come and uh, Heal him and okay. he's able to keep Fighting so Sandy's running and Spidey tries to snag him with his web but the Torch flies right in the path They what? die they fly all around Each other and manage to get so completely Tangled in webs they can't move And the torch has to burn it all off but after that bit of silliness, turns out that the Sandman is too tired to escape the police. He's just worn <laughs> himself plum tuckered out with his shape-shifting and allows himself to be captured. So Sandman oh. tired. <laughs> Sandman sleep. <laughs> so Spider-Man
0: takes off. I'm glad that no, none of the cops like made a joke. Like, huh, I guess the Sandman got visited by the Sandman. Hey!
1: (laughs) (laughs) the next day at jameson's office peter gets jameson to buy his photo record of the fight between spider-man and the enforcers he asks betty out to celebrate but she's going out with ned so they decide to get together the next day but that afternoon as peter leaves school a skinny little man in purple what is it with bad guys in purple today anyway Trails Peter to his house and stays outside until the lights go out. He calls in a report to a shadowy figure who thinks, I've got to know for certain. And then, when I'm sure, I'll act. What's this? (laughs) <laughs> Venice is about to enter the life of peter parker be prepared for the unexpected as surprise follows surprise in our next shock-filled issue of the magazine that has become one of america's favorite reading habits the amazing
0: spider-man
3: that was a really, that was a really good britannian impression john <laughs> <laughs> it caught <me> off guard.
0: <laughs> okay spoiler alert the shadowy figure is hugh hefner look at that bathrobe
3: <laughs> oh, I Actually, it kind of oh. like, looks like a Osborne.
2: This I
0: thought like it serious. was Stan Lee from Iron Man.
1: I am fully convinced that he didn't know who it was going to be because the first thing he does in the next issue is totally right off that subplot.
3: <laughs> it feels like I've like, like, there for like, three hours. And, and After like, after almost hour four, he's like, okay, just, <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> "Other than the Ox, who goes off into some Daredevil stories." We will not be seeing the Enforcers until 1975. It said before that no one does these guys like Ditko. Well, it looks like no one did them, period, for over a decade. And it's Marvel team-up number 39 that we're waiting for. I love in page 17 where the Ox, the the
3: strongest member, you know, Spider-Man just catches his punch and socks him in the gut. They're like, sit down. (laughs) Like imagining
0: a VH1 behind the music thing on the Enforcers talking about why they broke up for 10 years. Like, cocaine and women, like, you know, brought them apart. And Ox's solo career over in Daredevil made him a pretty Fancy
2: Dan never paid his chef for the pizza.
0: Well, you know, Fancy Dan was, you know, taking all the groupies, you know, with his rope. And
1: (sighs) that was Montana. Oh. So, we do have a first appearance um, in this issue besides the guy in purple, which we're going to talk about more next issue. Um, The gang leader was named Rock Gimpy. And then later, in issue 65, whenever Spider-Man pretends to lead a breakout, the, one of the thugs there, one of the convicts, I should say, is named Gimpy.
0: Anna Watkins is Anna Watson again, so yay for Stan Lee actually knowing somebody's name. Yay! Flash Thompson's hey. kind of a jerk to Peter. Uh, hold on, let, hold me let me actually like pull it up to the page. Flash is like, there's nobody else like, in, that, in those panels except for Flash and Peter. And Flash starts talking out loud as if he's talking to Peter and then when Peter actually, like, interacts with him, Flash is like, oh, you know, who asked you? Why are you eavesdropping on me?
1: Page seven, uh, when yeah. Apple Liz gives him the brush off, I'm not going to say that female is nuts, but if I wasn't so batty about her, I'd have my doubts. Don't let it get you, Flash. You can't win them all. Look, Cooney Parker, you but out of my affairs, see? Who do you think you are, sneaking around and listening on people's conversations? With that foghorn voice of yours, I could hear you in the next town.
3: Peter P- P- has a face, look on his face like, come on, you want to try it? You want to try it? Come on, come on, boy. Let's go.
0: Liz and Flash's fight is one of the few uh, continuity errors of Untold Tales because usually they were good about stuff like this, but they had a story that took place between Flash and Liz's fight last issue and them making up this issue where they were talking to each other like everything was hunky-dory. So usually uh, they're good about that stuff, but they didn't. Now, okay, when when Peter walks in to the Bugle and gets introduced to Ned, Betty says... This is Ned Leeds. He's a reporter for the Daily Bugle, Ned. This is Peter Parker, the boy I told you about. What did you tell him? I know, right? (laughs) This is my other boyfriend. He's kind of a jerk. Or like...
1: (laughs) This is the one who was two-timing me at that fan club, and you know, I totally brushed him off and told him to go to hell. But now that he's um, not giving me all of his attention, I want to get unearthly jealous again.
0: I think Betty, like... She looks like she's having an orgasm in some of these panels. I'm I'm sorry. (laughs) Okay, panel number three and panel number six. Like when Ned and Peter, like yes, yes, yes. Page (laughs) (laughs) ten,
3: the middle panel. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, she's like an orgasm. I'm sorry.
2: That's the tightness of her neck. Uh, She's actually um, starting to uh, have hallucinations because she can't breathe.
0: Like like Ned and Peter are shaking hands, and she's like, oh, oh, goodness, male on male action. And then like the last panel. (laughs) Panel number six, she's like touching her cheek like, Oh, oh, is it getting hot in here or is this dress too tight? Oh wait, it's too tight.
2: I'm sorry, Betty, but in panel three, two men shaking hands is not men on men hand job
1: action. It's just not. <laughs> sorry to brush well, your bubble well,
2: there. Well in the middle panel, like
3: she's looking down and like Ned Lee's is not <laughs> <in the> panel. <laughs>
1: she's oh, looking Lisa. down and Peter's like, Oh yeah, check it out.
2: Now I'm is wondering that how emotional <laughs> of a spider? Or are you just pleased to see me? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm
0: wondering how long that leads has been at the Daily Bugle, because, like, it's played off that this is him and Peter's first meeting, and now, not that it's a big metropolitan paper, so, like, it's possible that a random reporter and a random freelancer would not meet for months, just, uh, just something that I've kind of wondered.
1: Yeah, that does make sense, I mean, and it's kind of one of the reasons that I think that Joe Robertson, when we get to him, have, might have actually been around, because...
0: Okay, but he was the city editor. <laughs> I'm you just know, saying. You like... I'm just that, saying. That, 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 is, that is different. Like, Jonah's right-hand man not meeting Peter is different than, you know, reporter Ned Leeds.
1: But no, but no, because that's whenever he's brought on to be uh, Jameson's
0: right-hand man.
1: We don't know what he was before that.
0: His left-hand man. Right. <laughs> he seems so changed all of a sudden. He seems to have a new confidence in himself. So I wonder, can he f- found someone else? Like you did? <laughs> yeah, you know, like, like, why do you care? Like, you, like, like you did? Oh. And it gets worse. This is, like, one of, like, the hypocrisy of Betty Brands all the way on page number 21. Where do I begin with this? Like, John kind of breezed through this in his recap a little bit. But, like, you don't understand. Like, Peter asks Betty out and she's like, I have a date with Ned, you know, tonight. But we can go out tomorrow night. Then Ned shows up and he's like, hey, let's go out on our date, Betty. Okay. Bye, Peter. I'll see you for our date tomorrow night. Like, they're all talking about this openly.
1: You know know what else I just noticed? Um, After Betty got so upset about Liz um, a couple issues earlier, she went out and bought the same shirt.
0: (laughs) Oh, Uh, uh, Oh, my,
1: Lanta. That's what Liz was wearing at the party whenever she was running her fingers through Peter's hair, and Betty went out and bought the same shirt.
0: It's It's on
2: now. I'm sure she's gone up a couple of cup sizes. (laughs)
0: Maybe (laughs) you're Maybe it was a gift that both girls got from their father. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> I, love, I love this gang is a mysterious father. That's such a mess. <laughs> up.
0: But this is, like, uh, so hypocritical. Peter is not allowed to even, like, let Liz Allen, you know, like, take a tick out of his hair. But Betty is openly discussing with both men in the same room, okay, I'll have you tonight and I'll have you tomorrow night. Yeah, this is fine.
1: I just don't know if if like teen culture was different in the mid '60s if, if if this would have flown if it was okay to have casual dates with people and talk about it all in the same room. I
0: just even a if girl. it was, it's a double standard. I he can't. A, a girl
3: bounce, I was going like, out with who was like uh, with some other guy and then like, like getting on me if a girl even talked to
1: me. You're right about the double standard part. What, no matter if it's you know
0: 1964
1: or 1864, uh,
0: Peter cannot be at, like you know in the same school as Liz Allen, you know, without like Betty like saying, "Oh, you, you're a cheater." But you're you know, a dog. You're a dog. She, she, she's allowed to do this. Like, uh, if I didn't love this character so much, I would really hate her. <laughs> like
1: just and, like and Flash I, was saying I, about Liz. I,
0: I really wonder what Ned is thinking through all of this.
1: He just wants some that's, of that. That's the point.
3: He's probably thinking. He's probably thinking nothing. He just and wants Ned, some of that piece.
0: That is being played right here to make Peter jealous.
3: He's being used as a tool, and as a tool, he's being used as a tool.
0: Okay, um, I have I have something in my notes where they talk about something that happened last month, and I said I don't think it's been a month. I'm trying to remember where that is because I wrote these notes like weeks ago.
1: You don't think he was out of the costume for a month?
0: They talk about something that happened, like, last issue or during the fan club meeting. Oh, yeah, here it is. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the Sandman. He says, after the hard time the Sandman gave me last month. I don't think it's been a month since issue uh, 18.
1: I I have a hard time believing that, too. Unless, like, the events of issue 18 spanned a month. But I don't... I, I didn't get the feeling when I was... I, there. I,
0: I could see that happening with Aunt May recovering and stuff, Yes.
1: Like, once he becomes Spidey at the end of that issue, I feel like, you know, this is the next day.
0: Yeah. So may-
1: maybe the events of 18 between the Sandman chase at the beginning and him regaining the costume at the end, maybe that took a month. But I see this, it, it, it didn't feel that way when I was reading it.
0: Yeah. I still can't get over Betty. Like, cause in two <laughs> issues, she's going to pull this stuff again. In issue 21, like, when Peter's, like, dares to walk home with Doris Evans, it's like, oh, oh Peter, oh. Heck, in issue 20, the next issue. Peter says, I know I have no right to tell you not to date other people. She's saying, like,
1: oh, but I don't hey, want to talk about that right now. <laughs> well, of course they're not engaged. I mean, hello.
0: But hey, go ahead and restrict, you know, who I like. Hey, guys. Yeah, no, she, she, it's, it's okay for her, to, like, you know, slob, Ned
3: leads, knob. Nah, but if Peter, like, even, like, like, matches eyes with Liz and she sees it, she's like, what was that? Oh, no, she's a friend No, 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 no. What, what was that? You know, she, she's in my school, Betty. It's, it's, there's nothing between us. Did you touch your hair? Did did, did, I,
1: did I see that? Boy, <laughs> I'm just too through.
0: And then like, he's like, "That seems like a nice guy." As he's thinking in his head, <laughs> oh, "I must eliminate this competition. Loose cannon must be moved." <laughs> that he's even cat. like, "This is like so understated." Like, it, 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 fine, then things gonna be bad. Have a have a nice time tonight, you two. <laughs> you guys have fun tonight. I'm gonna have a betty tomorrow night. This is like the most weird arranged ever.
1: Yeah, it's very, very strange.
0: This is like Harry like Sue fan fiction. It really is.
2: Right back at the start of the issue, page three, the first panel of that, when Spider-Man's running along the wall and smacking out uh, the goons. Uh, there's something, I think, quite dynamic about that. It reminds me a little bit of those um, moments in X-Men when Nightcrawler would bamf around, and each time he oh. appeared, would be one punch, and he'd be on. Oh yeah, right, uh, right to the right. next. It, it reminds me of that—a sort of similar kind of effect. And no, I really, right really like it. I, I, I thought this was just like a, a
1: great way to start the issue.
2: And then page twenty-one, third panel. Jonah says, "They're sensational. If they're not fakes, they'll sell an extra half million papers for me." At, at what point is Peter not rich? His photos are enough <laughs> to massively <laughs> increase circulation of a newspaper. How come he isn't walking into Jonah's office, whacking down a, a photo and saying, right, that's X thousand dollars for that, please? Well, isn't isn't a
3: it like an uncurring theme, like Jonah legitimately rips off Peter for like his photos? Yeah. Please,
1: uh, we're going to see uh, uh, how or why Peter lets him get away with it, but
0: he does. We're going to see in a few months that Peter does try going to the Daily Globe. And while he gets more weight like, Barshkin is way... Bushy for him and like while Joan is like okay I'm not gonna ask you how you got these pictures like Bush was like legitimately like trying to stumble on secret ID
1: so uh and the letters column there were a couple of letters that I thought were just really awesome that I just wanted to um, just read straight here um (laughs) this is from Kathy Lucas she says dear Stan and Steve someone got my name from a comic book and wrote to me wanting to be pen pals in vital statistics, he listed Marvel as his favorite publishers and the Hulk as his favorite hero. This is already just like kind of creepy that somebody would do this. But then she talks about, Forgive my ignorance, but I had never heard of either. The first Marvel mag I ever saw was Spider-Man, the issue with the return of Dr. Octopus. I only bought it out of curiosity. I thought Dr. Octopus on the cover was Spider-Man. And heroes that ugly didn't raise my blood pressure a point. Glad to learn how much I erred. This thing was really funny that she would see Dr. Octopus with all of his arms and think that was Spider-Man.
0: Well, granted, it's that big of a make.
1: No, no, I think it's I think it's kind of funny that, that she would do that. Um, it makes sense. It's 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 not unheard of idea. But anyways, um, the other letter that I thought was great. This one's from Richard Tatge or Tatghee. Dear Stan and Steve, I am writing this letter in behalf of the Northern Red River Pickled Pepper Pickers Union in order to protest your unseemly practice of presenting unfavorable publicity for pickled pepper pickers. For the past several issues, we have been happy to see you mention pepper pickers, but we are incensed that pepper picking is used only in referring to puny Peter Parker. Not once has Spider-Man picked a pickled pepper. Would Peter Parker be able to handle your great new villain, Craven the Hunter? Would anyone suggest that Pete take on the torch's great new villain, the Beetle, the way I am suggesting Spidey should? No, 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 no. So in anger at your presenting for all pickled pepper pickers as thin weaklings, we have formed the PPP for PPP and PPPP which stands for the Powerfully Proud Party for Preserving Christine's <clears> liberty <throat> in Pickled Pepper Pickers publicity to protest your handling of pepper pickers and as a Spider-Man be made to pick a peck of pickled peppers as a matter of simple justice if this is not done i would feel obliged to write you more letters telling you what a shame it is that such a great magazine should have un- have this unfair thing about pepper pickers
0: oh, and i just want to get that, that guy was- laid asap <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs>
1: I think
2: he's probably just reenacting American Pie with pickled peppers.
1: Right. And the response was, no, don't do it, Dick. We give up. We're not quite sure what it is you want us to do, but you have our unconditional surrender anyway. So I just thought it was funny. He kind of won for all of his uh, pepper picker alliteration there. And the special announcements section has metamorphosed into the full-fledged Mighty Marvel checklist, which will become a staple of the line for decades, listing out all the books that were due to be on sale that month. Also, there is the first real announcement of the Merry Marvel Marching Society, and just for you folks at home, here's the theme song. And a little
0: trader, walk a little prouder, be an innovator, laugh a little louder, go the trader, we can show you how to, and when will you be then? You belong, you belong, you belong, you belong to the Merry Marble Marching Society. March along, march along, march along to the song
3: of the Merry Marble Marching Society. If you growl, if you groan, with the dour sour uncle, give you howl, if you moan, you can lose your sour crust and keep me trim and in step with the vim and the
2: Nice.
0: Front! Lift your head. You're on the winning team.
3: You belong. You belong. You belong. You belong to the merry marble marching society. March along, march along, march along to the song of the merry marble marching society. If you growl, if you groan, and your star is merely zero, do not howl, do not moan. You can be a superhero marching right along to the fighting
2: song of the very Marvel Marching
0: Society. You belong, you belong. Shut the F up Bang, give me your money. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the sad thing is, the society only lasted like a year or two before whatever third party company they were doing it through just stopped sending out stuff. So it's, it's it kind of petered out, although it's the, probably the most memorable of all the Marvel fan clubs they did. So we also had an ad highlighting three books that were on sale this time The X Men, number eight. Which will be covered on AmazingSpiderMan.Lipson.com with the X Men blog introduces the unfortunately named Eunice, the Untouchable. Uh, the way they or, catch- even, or even more unfortunate Eunice. Yeah. Is that how you say it, Eunice? Because I always said it. Yeah, because it's funnier. <laughs> the way they catch him is kind of funny. They make his power to repel objects so intense that he loses his ability to control it, and he can't pick up food or anything. And they only return his power level to normal when he vows to go straight. Tales of Suspense number sixty has an Iron Man story with Hawkeye and a Captain America full of Kirby-esque action. The uh, the first few episodes of Captain America's solo strip in Tales of Suspense aren't really that interesting. They're basically just Kirby drawing him in fights uh, for ten pages, a bunch of bunch uh, against a bunch of bad guys. Not much story. My daughter got bored with it. And finally, Fantastic Four number 33 is one I actually talked about last uh, issue where the FF have to help Submariner with it win a duel with Atuma without Namor finding out that they're there. But I got it confused a few episodes back with another Submariner story that also involved Doctor Strange, and he is not in that story. So for those of you who pay careful attention to the episodes, I got those stories confused. And they, they cover the cover because they're doing some experimental photo work, collage work to make the cover. It's kind of... Kind of cool. And that's it for Amazing Spider-Man <laughs> 19. We my- end on a healthy note. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Again, this is my favorite trilogy of possibly the entire Ditko run. I was very, very glad that we got to this. And that takes us to the end of another episode of Amazing Spider-Man Classics. couple of notes of import. Wanted to give a shout-out to the website www.spiderfan.org. They have been a big help to me over the years in finding Spider Man appearances and making sure I was able to read everything I wanted to read. And they recently gave us a shout out on a, one of their news pieces on their website. So if any of you have come to the show from spiderfan.org, we welcome you. The other primary source I use for gathering appearance information is the oft mentioned index, and that is the official index to the Marvel Universe. 14 issues that were published over the course of 2009. They recently gathered the Spider-Man portions of that series into a trade paperback sort of thing. So I have that with me whenever I'm doing the show for easy reference to look up things like Louis the Stooly and such other characters. If you would like to contact the show, we do read emails on the air, although we didn't have any this episode. Our email address is Classics at gmail.com And also, you can talk to us on Facebook. There is a new Facebook page. We have been using a group page, and I have decided to abandon that in favor of using a fan page, which functions a bit differently and is more what I thought I was getting when I started the group. So if you do a search on Facebook for Amazing Spider-Man Classics, you'll see two listings. One of them says group, and the other one doesn't. So join the one that does not say group, and it's easy to tell which one is right because it'll have a posting for this episode at the top. The other one will say, we've abandoned this, go look at the other page. So, we welcome you to Facebook to follow news and events for the show. Also, you can go to the homepage for the podcast at AmazingSpiderMan.Libsyn.com, where I do post several funny images from the issues that we discuss. There is also the X-Men blog on that page, which is currently up to the X-Men number five. I have a few more issues I need to get done for that. But I also need to get done some reviews for Spider-Man Crawlspace, which is uh, working with us to support this podcast, spider your resource for all sorts of spider-man news and there's a wonderful message board community there that you can also get involved in next issue we'll be wrapping up our recording session with mr stephen lacy we'll be covering amazing spider-man issue 20 and the avengers number 11 co-starring spider-man according to the cover so those will be our two main books talked about next time and until then thank you for listening as always to amazing spider-man classics Good night. Spider-Man,
0: Spider-Man, does whatever a spider can. Spins a web, any size, catches thieves, just like flies. Look out, here comes the Spider-Man. Is he strong? Listen, bud. He's got radioactive blood. Can you swing from a thread? Take a
1: look overhead. Hey there, there goes a Spider-Man.
2: In the chill of night, at the scene of a crime,
0: like a streak of light, he arrives just in time. Spider-Man, Spider-Man, friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Welcome, fame, he's ignored. Is his reward to him? Life is a great big pain. Wherever there's a hang up, you'll find a Spider Man.
1: <sighs> what can I say? We're recording late again, and then I mentioned Star Trek. <laughs> We're actually only a and couple that's of. That's what it sounds like when somebody doesn't know the Star
2: Trek theme. <laughs> 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 nah,
0: nah, 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 nah. Actually, that's, that's the like, next generation.
1: Yeah, but, but I prefer next. Yeah,
0: <laughs> ja. I prefer the theme to the next generation. It's more catchy. Or then there's the animated one.
1: Dun 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 dun. dun, dun. Dude,
0: do, 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 do.
1: Sorry. And then, and, then the and then there's D space one. The space nine.
0: Yeah. And then there's the Gilligan's Island theme. <laughs> so, which has nothing to
3: do with it. <laughs> and there's the Pretty Punch theme.
0: Uh, sure. no.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, this this is this is a blooper right here. Although it was mentioned that like Star Trek is gonna appear in two years, and we're like doing theme songs like we're at a karaoke bar.
2: We we can have the ER theme song for the late '80s, where it's like boom ba, ba, do, ba, da, ba
1: Or the uh the closing Avatar theme when it's just like the drums, the last Airbender. Or the dancer.
2: Or the Oh, I was about to say the Avatar also had the Leona Lewis song.
1: Yeah. Then there's dun 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 It's a Running Stumpy theme. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah.
3: <laughs> I just got that, and then there's do do or, 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 there's the th- the thing Dexter's lab. Enter your own peril. Past the boarded door, where impossible things may happen that the world never seen before.
0: It's Dexter's, Dexter's
2: laboratory. I was hoping somebody would just. <laughs> oh, you've got um. <laughs> oh, no, no- do- no. Do. Okay. Every yeah, the best t- theme song t- ever. Out in those DuckTales. Gi- j- j- that's,
0: that, that's, that's on my iPhone.
2: There's nothing greater than the DuckTales theme song.
0: Oh, we I dare you. spin. I, oh, I call, we... I call... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I put <it> on the, <laughs> the Timberlands. <laughs> oh, 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 oh,
2: oh, oh, Chip and Dale is great <laughs> as well. Yeah. Rescue Rangers. And Sometimes Sometimes. crimes. Go, go slipping through the cracks. This is really sad. <laughs> this is, this is <laughs> like
0: British like International. Choose, like
2: go go picking up the slack. There's no, case, there to big, no, no case, case to big, no case to be small. Be if you need help, just go.
0: They're cross-dressing and turning their backs to each other.
2: Yeah.
0: All the Disney shows had like someone cross-dressing. with Because they did that in the Tailspin theme, too. There's like this whole thing where he's like cross-dressing and dancing. It usually involves them like infiltrating a villain's lair in a nightclub, and they have to like dress as a hula dancer or something. This is a hell
2: of a blooper. <laughs> it, even the films have that. Come on, um, Timon and Pumbaa in The Lion King. Yeah. Oh god. I never watched a cartoon. And I never watched.
3: Minute,
0: let's begin it. When you win it, win it, win it. You can win it in a minute if you spin it. spin it. Spin it
3: so. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> awesome,
0: awesome. No, the best open... One of my favorite, like, dialogue openings is, Ah, after 10,000 years, I'm free. It's time to conquer, conquer Earth. Earth. Oh. This
2: <laughs> well, if you talk about dialogue openings, surely you've got to go with, G. brain what are we going to do tonight? Same, same thing, thing <laughs> we do every night. Try to take over the world.
1: The pinky and the brain. brain. The pinky what? and the and brain. The brain. North. One is a genius, the other
3: is
2: insane. insane, they the want not lose the world, but something else, the dink. they're dinky, they're dinky, they're and the brain, 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 brain.
0: brain. Did so. you ever see they tried to update that and add Almira Oh, that sucks. They, like, had a season where Almira adopts them, and, like, they changed the theme, and they're,
3: oh,
0: like, this Why? you youtube it the situations changed for pinky and the brain no laboratory alone in a rain wow and like it goes into like this whole exposition thing about Elmira adopting them
3: that, that sounds like a spin-off explanation theme song you know
0: actually yeah, they moved it,
3: yeah <laughs> they move to a whole new town whole new friends whole new problems whole new uh, adventures and it lasts for one season
2: and whole new jobs after it gets canceled after 8 weeks
0: just <laughs> so speaking <laughs> of Spider Man. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> <laughs> <Nice sequence. laughs> and it all—all you had to do was say that Star Trek is going to premiere in two years. You, you, by the way, you have to like—you have to keep that in in its entirety. That's like the Star Wars pants of like this <laughs> month.
2: Yeah, no, it really is. Well, you know, the best thing at all, of all, in five hours and twenty-three minutes, my alarm goes off. <laughs> Wow. Okay. (laughs) I'm so not sleeping tonight.